Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Get nasty on a Thursday. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsh and Anthony Stalter. And that certainly was nasty last night as the Cardinals get trounced by the Chicago Cubs. They avoided the sweep, guys. They avoided another sweep, those Cardinals. I don't like the way you said that. Andrew. They said, you know what? You have one, Cubs. <laughs> We've already got like 13 wins. You take one. It was nice of the Cardinals. Do you think that was what they were trying nope. to do, Anthony? Nope, not one bit. Cubs win ten to four. How much of this just stems from? And let Paging. me let me yes, yes. Let me be clear about this. I know that the Cardinals have more than just a pitching problem. Okay, but a lot of this stems from the starting pitching. And Jordan Montgomery has been very good for you this season. Last, well, he's been your best. He has. Last night he gets drubbed. And as I'm watching this game, I thought again about how starting pitching is the ultimate deodorant. If you have good starting pitching, you can overcome an inconsistent offense. You can overcome even an inconsistent bullpen. When you don't have quality starting pitching, and the Cardinals have not, a lot of a, a lot of what we're seeing right now, the frustrations, the fact that you're 13 and 25, the fact that you have the third worst record in all of baseball, which is shocking but true. Yeah, ain't great. To me, Jamie, it stems from bad starting pitching. It goes back there, and you knew it. You knew you didn't have the best starting pitching coming in. You were, you knew you were just trying to get by with what you had. It's a shame. I just wonder, honestly. And this isn't taking a shot at the front office. It's just me being inquisitive. I just wonder what the hell the strategy really was in the offseason. Like, what did those meetings sound like and look like when they were going over the rotation and what they had? And, like, who was the one that said, I think we'll be fine? Who's the one that said, we're in trouble? Who's the one that said, well, I'm not getting any more money from up above, so... Like, right. I want to know what it looked like because I think almost everybody in baseball or even just a Cardinal fan in general had question marks. Wayno question marks. Nothing against Wayno. He finished the season last year with an injury and was not good. So question marks there. Um, Steven Matz, question marks. Jack Flaherty, question marks. The only two guys that you really didn't have question marks, at least you didn't think you had question marks, were Michaelis and Montgomery. And then Jake Woodford, well, he wasn't even on the radar because you thought that. And then Dakota Hudson, well, that. Uh. So who looked at that rotation and thought to themselves, we're going to be just fine? Like, that's what I'm more interested in than anything else is never mind who you could have went and got and this guy here with a trade or right because you didn't you didn't and was it ever even in the plans and if it wasn't how was it not 
And if it was, well, what was the threshold? Like, what held you back? I think it's a great question, Jamie. You just don't understand. You're sitting around the round table, and you're you're having the discussion about how you're going to win games this year. Did you simply think that it was? And I'm I'm asking. This isn't even me being critical at this point because you can watch these games. It's just it's frustrating. Mm. But was the conversation our offense is going to be great? and we'll get by with what we have in this starting rotation until we can fix it? What, was that was that the thought well, process? I guarantee it was part of the conversation. It had to have been because um, a lot of people surrounding Major League Baseball said, oh, this is one of the best offensive teams or could be one of the best offensive teams in all of baseball. So I guarantee that on the dry erase board as they were going over the pitching and you know the options that, hey, a good offense solves a lot of problems. Sure. Not good enough. No, not at all. Jim Edmonds on the post game show last night also highlighted the issue. Listen to this. Wilson Contreras's ERA behind the plate, let's say it's five, okay? It's not Wilson Contreras' fault. Like, you're a big league pitcher. If you don't have a feel for your curveball, you don't say okay to a curveball. I don't care how much time you have, how much. Uh, things are going on. When the catcher puts down a sign, if you don't feel like throwing it, you don't throw it. And if you throw it, that's your fault. It's not his fault. You need to go in there with a game plan. You need to say, this is me. I need to get my cutter inside, stay on me. I need to get my curveball away. I need to throw my changeup in this count. And if I'm not, tell me. That thing for me, and I don't care who says it, is BS. Maybe it's the pitch clock. Maybe it's this. Maybe it's that. You know what? If it is, it's still your fault because you need to make an adjustment as a pitcher to figure out how you're going to relay your signs to someone if you don't want to shake off. If you put down, if he puts down a slider and you feel like crap with your slider that day and you throw it and you throw it down the middle and it gets hit, that's your damn fault and you need to live with it. Jamie, we've had the discussions about what it could be. Jimmy Paul what game. It, it, we've had the discussions. Could it be this? Could it be that? The... F- Fans have texted in our show. Listeners texted in. Hey, could it be this? Could it be that? Ultimately, what Jimmy Ballgame just said is 1,000% correct. If you th- if the pitch clock is an issue, then adjust. If Wilson Contreras, from a game planning standpoint, is problematic in some way, then you need to figure it out. You need to overcome it. Y- you never did. There's, there's been no adjustment here. Well, if throwing your curveball or your slide or your sinker is a problem, to Jimmy Ballgame's point, don't throw it. Refuse to throw it. And right. tell the catcher why. Mm-hmm. Like you're allowed to own your part of the performance. Yes. And the, the, the starting pitching has not done a good enough job of that. No, at all. From top to bottom. And again, we know it's not just the starting pitching. You can look at the offense. But when I look at what teams are, from a starting pitching standpoint, in the top 10 of the league and where the bottom half is, you can look at the standings and and see the correlation. The Red Sox are the only team sitting there at 26 in terms of starting ERA. Not team ERA, but starting ERA. They're 22-16. and Why? Because their offense has been outstanding. Everybody else... Oakland, eight and thirty overall. They got a seven four three ERA. God for Oakland. That makes sense. Thank, thank God for <laughs> Oakland and the Chicago White Sox, who are thirteen and twenty five, five seven one ERA. And I heard BK and Ferrario talking about it earlier. 
and I couldn't agree more. When you look at the trade deadline and what what could be out there if you if you actually didn't want to, I don't know, upgrade the starting rotation, the White Sox have a bunch of pitchers that I'd be interested in. They're pitching like crap. I'll take all of them. They're pitching like crap right now. I don't right care. Now. I'll take them right now. They get here in St. Louis, we'll Toaster Ravs, Free Zoo. No, we'll just we'll fix them. That worked with Contreras. Yeah. We don't have Mad Dog anymore. No, you don't. We fixed Lester and Hap. Something did. And Akendo. Or not Akendo. Uh, Quintana. Quintana. Akendo. Boy. No yeah, he's not a pitcher. No, maybe. He could I'd be. I'd call him. I'd put him on, I'd put him on the bump. <laughs> At this point. Tampa Bay is twenty nine and nine. They get the best. They get the lowest ERA. The Twins are twenty and seventeen. They get the second lowest. The Astros are nineteen and eighteen. They're just starting to climb, kind of climb out because why? Their offense hadn't been great. Their pitching has been excellent. So you're nineteen. You're, you're at least above water there. I mean, you look at these teams. The Braves twenty five and twelve. They got three five two ERA. It's no secret. It's pitching. And then everything kind of goes from there, Jamie. If you don't have quality starting pitching then boy, you better be slugging. And I mean slugging. And the Cardinals have not at all. The problem I have with it, or the concern, that's a better word for it, is how do you get out of this? Like, There's no easy way. Let's get into it. I think it's a great question, Jamie. Let's get into it. Here that. we are. It's not just one guy in your rotation. I, I don't think we're going to be able to solve anything here. But Jamie, what you just said might be the biggest problem now. We'll get into that next in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. My question is this, is what was said to Nolan Arenado in the meeting that Mo had with him? You really think Mo? Like, sold him this well? Do you think Arenado is is this, I don't want to say dumb, is this gullible to believe that, oh, the front office getting Wilson Contreras was going to be the, the save all and the stop all when it came to every gap on this team? I mean, if anything, it's created more, not by Wilson's doings, but by everybody's doings. So that's what I would like to know. What did Mo sell Arenado? And why isn't Mo selling used cars if that's the case? That was James, our guy. I love, first of all, I love James. Love hearing from him. Guy's got a outstanding radio voice does a little radio somewhere down south i believe does some some nights somewhere he does a podcast too james has always got excellent takes too that's a great question because jamie you posed the question of this offseason you knew what your starting staff was going to be once adam wainwright said yeah i want to come back the cardinals weren't going to say no to him you're going to bring him back despite the injury concerns but he shouldn't because Wayno should have been your number five starter. That's it. Whatever you get from Wayno is a bonus. You know he's not going to go out there and right. hurt your team. But he's also not going to be the guy who's first guy on the bump in the playoff series either. Shouldn't be. You posed the question about the starting, what the conversation was for the starting pitching. And why we're focused on the starting pitching is because to me, and leave us a mic drop. If you disagree, if you think the bigger issue is some something else, fine. No problem. Love to hear from you today. Use the mic drop feature on the 101 ESPN Sports app. We'll play it. Play it all day. But for me, it comes back to starting pitching. And you said, what was the conversation like in the offseason yeah, like, uh, for the front the, office? What How is are the, we going to win games? The team um, evaluation meeting, You every team has them in every sport. What we have, what we need, what we can get. 
And you looked at this pitching staff, and I, I would just love to know, like, what was the conversation? Was it, right. well, we're screwed because we don't have any more money and we won't get any more money. Yeah. Uh, we are not trading. There's nobody really available on the trade market, and we're just going to have to power through this. If that was the conversation, I almost respect it, mm-hmm. to be honest. But if the conversation was, well, you know, feel like Monty's a number one. You know, he's just waiting for that opportunity. Mike is- Steven Matches lying in the weeds. I'm just confused by it. But James, to James's question, it's an interesting one. What did what did Mo say to Nolan Arenado when Nolan Arenado still had that second that second option, his last option to opt out in the contract that made Nolan Arenado say, "Yep, I'm in. No problem. Great. Let's bring it back." It couldn't it couldn't have just been Wilson Contreras or Sean Murphy, depending on what time of the off season that Mo. Had the discussions yeah. with Nolan Arenado, but it sold, he sold him. Whatever the game well, plan was, he may have sold him the game plan, but did he execute it? And then right now, with no opt outs and all that stuff for Arenado, like what can he really do? Right. Maybe that's why he's refusing to hit. I think about other sports. <laughs> that almost got me. That almost flew over my head. I was already on to the next thought. That was good. That's it. I'm not hitting. Goldie, you do all the damage. I'll be over here. When when I think about other sports, Jamie, you can think about it from the hockey standpoint. If you're a soccer fan, you think about it from that standpoint. For me, football, that's, there, there are all, most teams, I would say, have incomplete rosters. In baseball, most teams have incomplete rosters. Atlanta might have the closest thing to a perfect roster, and they're still having to bring up a lot of young pitching. they got some injuries. Because they've got injuries, Max Fried being on the IL. But regardless, that's that's as close to a perfect roster as you can find. Houston is interesting in that category, too. Most teams have imperfect rosters. So what do you do? In football, if you know you have a crap defense, it behooves you to run the football. Run the football, lean on your running game, keep games close, save the defense, save pos- steal possessions, and try to win every game 20-17. to 17. It's not a great game plan, but if you don't have the defense, mm-hmm. then that's what you have to do. If you have an inexperienced quarterback... Well, you better have a defense that is ferocious, that can take the ball away, get a bunch of sacks, sell out sometimes for turnovers because field position winds up being critical. If you have a high passing attack and you know you're going to be leading leading a lot of games, you better have a defense that is fast and play the pass because you're likely to be in high-scoring games. There's a thought process to this. So as we circle back to the Cardinals, and we could do this with hockey if you want to do it with hockey, but... As we circle back to the Cardinals, the question that you posed was interesting. How are we going to win games this year? It couldn't have been. Our pitching's pretty good. They must have thought that they were going to win. They were they were going to be okay, not great with yeah. pitching, and they were going to score a bunch of runs. But here's where here's where that it doesn't work for me. Is your thought process about everything you just described was very accurate? Okay, um, but in baseball, it's it's a unique sport. To where it's one individual against another individual mm-hmm. within a team game. And the pitcher, if you don't have the pitching, like you, there's no guarantee that you can hit. There's no guarantee. 
But I can guarantee you this. If you don't have the pitching, you're screwed. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be five great starters. It just has to be – you have to be at least three guys deep to where it's – you know, it's way better that way. Three guys, Anthony's better than two. Yeah, it's a party, I think. Uh, some states. From a starting rotation. But sure. then four and five don't have to wow you. But you have to have a rotation that can get you through ball games so that when you're at the four and five starter, then you're like, okay, going to lean a little more on the offense today, mm-hmm. and hopefully our pitchers don't hurt us. Right now, you don't know what the hell's going on. Like, In fairness to Wayno, Wayno had a good start. He had a good start. Uh, it blew up on him, but I don't blame Wayno because there were some things that happened in that inning from a defensive standpoint that could have prevented uh, all of that blow up. And there's also was a strikeout steal attempt there where that was clearly a strike right in the middle of the strike zone. But the umpire forgot about that, was just watching the guy steal second. I still don't understand. You want to call the guy safe at second? Fine. It was a bang bang. It was close. You know who knows? Mm-hmm. But that was a strike. <laughs> and then you got the Newt Bardonovan collision. Uh, so yeah. Wayno was a little bit of a victim of circumstance there, because apart from that, he pitched a good game. Mm-hmm. So you get a solid start out of Wayno. You've been getting, for the most part, solid pitching out of Montgomery. Wasn't pretty last night, but you have been. The rest has just been a crapshoot. Yep. Like we don't even know. We have no idea what's about to happen. You also have no idea how you're going to fix this. Yeah, what? How do you fix it, Anthony? We were talking about this in the break. How do you fix it? You can't go sign a free agent. One, uh, I don't know who the hell is out there. Two, they're not stretched out and ready to go for the most part. Oh yeah, you're talking about right now. Oh no, there, there's there's no, there's nothing you can do right now. I know, but that, for this team to turn I'm, it around, there's something that has to happen in the immediate. Right. You're absolutely right. What trade's available? Who the hell's trading Nobody. with you? Nobody's trading with you. No. Or if they are, they're like, hey, by the way, you're going to pay me off with absolutely. some serious prospects because you're in a really bad spot. Yeah. And we don't really need to trade because we're crappy. If you're the A's or the White Sox, like, we'll trade, but we want like four guys. Well, if we wait at the deadline, I'm going to have five people interested in one pitcher, not just one team interested right now. Yeah, That's why nobody's gonna, making... Yeah. Yeah. If you're, if you're selling... You want the deadline because then it drives up the price. You'll have more teams interested. More teams are desperate or more teams are in a position to potentially win a World Series. So at that point, you might be completely out of it if you're the Cardinals. But move past that now, Jamie. How's that looking for you? That's not great. You can rely on youth next year. You could go that route. Are Why wouldn't you go that gonna, route right now? Is everybody uh, See, that is, Jamie, I think that that's a good question. What's the date where you say, "All right, we're bringing, we're we're turning this year into Matthew Libertor get some big big innings, sink or swim, baby, go." But wh- some of these so other guys, whoever's ready, Grisafo, Tink, hence whoever might be ready. Why not right now? I'm I, I'm serious. What you, what have you got to lose, Stephen Matz? Hey, you're hurt. Libertor, we're calling you up. Um, whoever else you want to pick off out of the rotation, you're hurt. We're calling up Graceffo, although mm-hmm. I think he's hurt down there right now. Yeah. We're calling up Tink Hans or what? Whoever. The result that you're getting right now might be the exact same result you get with Libertor or whoever else you call up. They might lose. But why not see? What if it's what if there's an uptick? It doesn't have to be drastic. I'm not saying you're calling up an ace. Right. But what if there's an uptick to where now you can win a ball game because you gave up <laughs> Three runs instead of five. Uh-huh. Do you want my answer? Yeah. My answer is, I don't know. Let's go. Bring up the youth. That'd be my answer, because I'm tired of watching this. 
I'd rather I'd rather watch the youth be served here. But their answer is most likely, oh well, you, we'll just uh, we'll be patient and uh, I understand. You know, that. We'll, but I'm beyond. T- I'm I'm past thinking as a Cardinals front office person. Yeah, I'm, I'm past you. that. I'm with you, Anthony. I floated this out before, and it's popular with some and completely unpopular with others. Okay. Is now a time where maybe you kick the tires on a Trevor Bauer? If he's pitching well, sure, go for it. I don't know what he's pitching like, but but you also don't know how motivated he is playing over wherever the heck he's at. Yeah. You know? But at least he's pitching. Uh, He doesn't have to get stretched out. He's had some great success in the past, some horrible, horrible things off the field. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like... Do you kick the tires? Do you just say, you know what? We'll bring him in on a league minimum contract because that's all you have to do at this point. And if he's not a good guy, not a good teammate, doesn't fit what you're doing, uh, his performance is terrible, you just cut him. You just DFA him. And the experiment was it, it is what it is. But I don't know. Like, I'm not a Trevor Bauer fan. Okay, yeah, so no, like, like, let's make that clear. I'm not yeah. like sitting here going, man, I really like that Trevor Bauer. I don't. Right. But I'm sitting here painted into a corner with a roster I can't improve at all in any direction. And, and I'm like, I got to try something. I don't think he makes your team better. His last outing, he gave up 11 hits, seven runs, six of them earned, three home runs in six innings. Uh, so, yeah, maybe he what would about fit his right in. What about his starts before that? You're cherry-picking one start. We've only had two in the regular season. But uh, the first one, I mean, it looked fine. He went seven innings, gave up seven hits, one run. Uh, given up. Um, only walked one guy, had nine strikeouts. The last outing, he had eight strikeouts. So why don't we look at that? Like, you know, I'm just saying, like, it's one thing to 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 pick out you know, the, the crappy sure. game, but but like that's the most recent start that we can look at, and he's also not playing in the best league in the world. What, one, I don't know, I don't know how the contract works internationally. So that's that's one. I if don't, he's I don't smart, know that. Which he did, because my contracts when I played internationally. Uh, I had an automatic um, void a- void of the contract with an NHL one-way offer. Mm-hmm. I couldn't leave to come and play in the minors. If I had an NHL one-way contract, my contract could be null and void in Europe, wherever I played. Okay, I can't so- imagine that Trevor Bauer doesn't have that clause. Sure. Uh, at this point, I've been I've been a staunch critic of it. Don't do it. Uh, I at this point, I'll just be honest. I don't care. I don't uh, care. I don't care. This is this this season has just been ugly. I think the last thing this team needs is more drama, though. I feel really, like this whole season has been filled with drama. Jordan Walker being sent down. I don't know if that's dramatic. And then it was to the fans. Contreras for sure. Contreras. O'Neal a little bit. The O'Neal thing. Oh my! I forgot Flaherty. about that. Flaherty the entire year. But why not just stay hot then? Throw one more in the hot. <laughs> I mean, if this one is- more log in the fire. <laughs> I don't this know. is what we're going to get all year. I mean, don't get me wrong. From an entertainment standpoint, yeah. it's very entertaining. I don't know. I'm just trying to, you know what, Marshy? All I'm trying to do is solve some of the problems here. Yeah. I'm not promoting, I'm not voting for Trevor Bauer as mayor of the city or anything like that, or not even saying he's a guy I'd sit and have a beer with. Trust me, probably not a guy I would sit and have a beer with. But at this point, if you're the GM or the president of baseball operations for the Cardinals, you have to start seriously exploring whatever option is out there for you. You're a critical thinker, and I love it. <laughs> you're out. You're out of the box thinking, Jamie. Always. Eh, not always.
That's Jamie Rivers, Andrew Marsh, Anthony Stalter. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. The NHL playoffs are uh, rolling. How about Petro? Did he just give the edge to the Oilers? Maybe he took it away. Well, diving to both angles next on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is Heckman Lumber. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, trex, evergreen, and azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber is an authorized Yeti dealer and also stocks a large assortment of grills, so celebrate summer with a new Big Green Egg, Weber Gas, or Charcoal Grill, and all of the accessories from Hackman Lumber. Come visit their showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Here it is here. Now it's late. This is gone, 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 and he comes down aggressively. I mean, that's a hard slash up into the high area arms of Dreisaitl. Really undisciplined for Alex Petrangelo, who usually is composed, but he's just had enough. And I mean, that was, that definitely comes down. Well, you'd like to see it reviewed for sure. I would like to see it suspended. I mean, it's as intent to injure as you can get. You know, time score clock, all play a factor. He comes from over his own head, and, you know, we don't love it. We responded, and, you know, it's, uh, like I said, we got bigger fish to fry than, than, than to worry about something like that. So that was Connor McDavid on Sportsnet last night. Connor McDavid says that Alex Petrangelo's slash on Leon Dreisaitl was intent to injure. Intent to injure. Jamie, you played the game for a long time. What do you think? Oh, what? yeah, I agree. <laughs> 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 I mean, okay. I mean, I giggled last night when I saw this. Anthony, I laughed. I laughed even more when I saw the replay. You knew exactly. And then I text. You knew exactly what. Petro then I text Petro, well, a couple of words of encouragement, of course. But yeah, I mean, the puck is nowhere near Drysital. Petrangelo's on the other side of the ice. He skates over and Tomahawk chops him right across the arms. Should have been standing there. I. You know what? Should have defended himself. <laughs> He shot an unarmed man. Should have armed himself. <laughs> Remember that from Unforgiven, Clint Eastwood? <laughs> yes. Um, so, look, the intent to do some damage there, uh, it, it, you can't deny it. It wasn't like, oh, well, he had the puck and I was trying to whack his stick. No, the puck was in the other corner. Yeah. Uh, hey, it is what it is. It's playoff hockey. It's out of character for Alex Petrangelo. No kidding. But... He obviously felt like in that moment that needed to be done. Okay, so what what does this do now, though? Game on, baby. That's what this does. Game on from the standpoint of now you have to have your head on a swivel? Yeah. So you don't mind it? I don't mind it at all. I have no problem with what happened. Now, text line, well, what if it happened to Robert Thomas or Jordan? Yeah, I'd be pissed. (laughs) I would be pissed. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm just being honest here. But... 
when I look at it, Leon Drysaddle's been one of the most dominant players, if not the most dominant player in all the playoffs. If you're going to get a yellow card, Anthony, or take a red card or a technical, whatever you pick your personal foul, whatever sport you want to call it, that's the guy to do it on. And will Petro be suspended? I don't think so. I don't think it was suspension worthy. I know. I, you, you couldn't even say that with a straight face. My or, opinion, you're taking crazy pills right now. <laughs> That's opinion, absolutely a suspension. Watch. I think it's going to be a fine. I don't think he gets suspended. What's interesting out of all of this. You mean besides a player I mean, trying to hurt a superstar? But he's also a superstar. Petro's also the number one player. Like, it's, 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 uh, you know what I'm talking about? Like, it's not like some fourth liner came over and did it. So there will be, and Petro doesn't have a resume or a history of suspensions. And, you know, so I think there's wiggle room there. Hmm. With proper representation, I think Alex <laughs> Petrangelo will be just fine. But what's weird uh, is there was a suspension that came out of last night's game between the Oilers and the Vegas Golden Knights. Darnell Nurse got suspended for one game for instigating a fight with under five minutes left in the game. And he did. He clearly skated right from the blue line, went in and jumped Nicholas Hag and started throwing punches. So It's a no-no. It's a no-no. So ultimately, if Petro gets suspended for a game, Nurse is out for a game, and he's arguably their number one defenseman. So it's almost an eye for an eye at that point. The fact that they did suspend Nurse leads me to believe that they'll probably suspend Petro because they did have some wiggle room in this one where the NHL could have said, no, we're not going to uphold the instigating rule in this particular situation. But I don't know. Either way, this, it, this will affect the series. It'll either galvanize the Golden Knights – and they'll play with some jam the next game, and it'll cause a lot of chaos. And Evander Kane will be jumping around and trying to punch people in the back and mm-hmm. all this stuff again. Or it, it could implode on them. It could motivate Leon Dreisaitl. The Oilers could galvanize as a team. It's a risky moment. Kind of bringing this together with the Blues, are the, are the Blues missing? Obviously, they're missing Alex Petrangelo. We've stated that many times uh, that I think a turning point in this organization was not re-signing him, but are they missing that sort of jam and that sort of grittiness on the back end? I feel like that's something that they didn't have all all, all year long. Uh, the Blues, yeah, yeah, they don't have any grit on the back end. I mean, they don't. Mm-hmm. Like they don't have that guy to like, step up when like Justin Falk is a he's a solid guy. He'll hit. He'll block shots. Like he's gritty, but he's not that kind of gritty. Tyler Tucker is that guy, but he's not a for sure on your blue line. Mm-hmm. So that's the only guy you have that's that's really kind of that really plays with an edge like that out of your entire defensive core. Vegas has a bunch of those guys. And that that's why my my thought of going back to some bigger oak trees on the back end for me makes the most sense. And if you look at the teams that that have these big strong tough gritty defensemen, they also have a couple of puck movers but they don't have five puck movers or three undersized players. They've only got like one. Like Vegas is a perfect example. Now, Alex Petrangelo is six foot three, two twenty five. He's a big dude. But he also is a puck moving guy, runs a power play. Uh, they've got McNabb, he's a moose. They've got Hag, he's a moose. They've got Theodore, he's a puck moving guy, but also a very big body. They've got Martinez, who's a pretty big body. Like the combination of 
the sizes of the players works. And that's why Vegas had such a successful year. Tonight, you've got Hurricanes, Devils. And if you want to listen to the pregame, that's starting at 5.30 right here on 101 ESPN. Again, pregame starting at 5.30 tonight. Well, Anthony, we have a question I need to answer. I hate to interrupt, but I've been meaning to answer this for a while. From the 618, Jamie, I saw the end of the Vegas-Edmonton game look like when Nurse was skating off the ice, he may have had a chunk of Vaseline hanging off his face. I don't think I've ever noticed that in the NHL. Reminds me of putting on the foil and all that stuff. Well, no, it happens a lot. Guys, grease up. If you know you're going, you grease up. And, you know, sometimes you put a little bit too much on there. You don't care. That's that's why the instigator had to stick in this one. Why the heck would you be greased up if you weren't going out to fight? Yeah, true. You know what else they used to do, Anthony? You know that tough skin that mm-hmm. you spray before you tape an ankle or yeah. your wrist? Put on your knuckles. Yeah, you'd get the trainer over right before you get on the ice. <laughs> He'd spray your tough skin on your knuckles, let it kind of air dry just a bit, and then barely put your gloves on. And then when you went out there, when you punched a guy, it would, like, rip the skin. Mm-hmm. Bad. It was terrible. Well, that's why they don't let Italians play the game, because uh, you put on the, you know, some weaponry uh-huh. to the fingers. Brass knuckles. A little brass knuckles. <laughs> By the way, uh, in terms of the suspension, this Petrangelo thing reminded me of the Duncan Keith slash on... Uh, Jeff Carter back in the day when Keith was with the uh, Blackhawks and Carter's with the Kings, he only got a one-game suspension for that. So, um, and I think that was more egregious than than what Petra Listen, did. I don't, I don't think it's a suspension. That's me. I think the NHL might think it is, but if they do, it is a one-gamer, and that is it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tonight, Hurricanes <laughs> Devils game five pregame starting at five thirty here. On 101 ESPN. Did the Cardinals miss out on Dansby Swanson? Boy, he can play, and he was available this offseason. We'll talk about it next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. That's the Cubs TV network on the call last night as the Cubs drubbed the Cardinals. It's the fast line on 101 ESPN. That Dansby Swanson guy had a pretty decent series, guys. I don't know if you watched that. Yeah, but he was no good last night. No, he definitely was great last night, great the (laughs) night before. (laughs) I think he hit three doubles or, or two doubles and a triple. What, like? What's, what did two, the final scorecard end up? Well, Tuesday night. Last, so last night, I'm sorry, two nights ago, he had a home run, double twice, knocked in three runs. Yeah, but I'm talking about last if night. If you look at last night, Jamie, he had... I think he went two for five. Yeah, two for five. I think he had two, two doubles. He had two doubles. Yes, he yeah. had two doubles. And he is now hitting uh, 289, 21 runs scored. He's got three home runs, 15 RBI, three stolen bases, 815 OPS. So he's not necessarily, you know, crushing it. No, just Cardinals. It just yeah, just the Cardinals. Six for thirteen in those three games. Even though Paul DeYoung and the you know even though the King is back, 
and you still have Tommy Edmund. You knew you had Tommy Edmund going in. Any non-buyer's remorse on Dansby Swanson for you guys? Um, Wow, after watching this series, of course, I felt like, oh, my God, we should have gave him everything he wanted. But then when you look at the numbers overall, I mean, he's good. He's not great. He's good. I don't know if there's buyer's remorse. Like, what do you – so then what's your pivot? Like, let's just go down that road. What's your pivot then? Because you had Edmund and DeYoung at shortstop, Brendan Donovan at second base. This is pre-Contreras DH fiasco. Right. And do you, and do you even sign Contreras for eighty-seven and a half million? If you, oh, you can't, if no. you give Dansby Swanson, I think you trade for Murphy. Well, see, I think that's where things get interesting. If that you probably sign- would have had to have been your play to mm-hmm. get rid of some bodies. Yeah, if you signed, if you signed. If you signed Swanson and traded for Murphy, you know what the problem is, though? You still don't have pitching. Yeah, I guess it wouldn't really matter in, it all, at the end. It all comes Anthony, back. I'm going to need you to stop making sense. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> I will say we mentioned Dansby Swanson's numbers, his, his hitting numbers, but I was actually pretty impressed by his fielding oh, these he, past three a couple of really good His plays. range was, Absolutely. was pretty damn good. Yeah, he was he was great. And even the one that he he went high a little bit on for Madrigal, sure. I don't you're going to go... Paul Goldschmidt gets that. Probably. That's taller you know, second. Throwing. A taller second baseman may get that one, too. Oh, I'm, t- I, I'm talking about throwing over to first. And there's some that, there some that they, they yeah. couldn't scoop and yeah, whatnot. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, for for me, it does come back to, again, kind of the theme today, which is, which is pitching. If you're going to invest now... Invest in what you what you once had in this organization. That was pitching. And I knew we I know we all grew frustrated with the offense and the fact that you gave up on guys like Randy Rosarina and Adolis Garcia and all that. But if you don't have pitching, you don't have anything. That's I'm and maybe I'm just being just kind of a prisoner of the moment, Jamie, where you watch you watching these games nightly and I'm sick of only watching the pitcher go four and a third or five and calling it a really good start if they get into the sixth inning. It's the new complete game, man. Apparently. Maybe again, maybe I'm being a prisoner of the moment. But I'm more and more in the camp of again, if you don't have pitching, you have anything. If you don't have a quarterback, you don't have anything. If you don't have uh a goalie. A goalie, if you don't have a solid goaltender. You're going to outscore everybody 6 to 5? It's kind of where I'm at with the with baseball. I don't right think now. you're a prisoner of the moment because it's been going on all year. So if if you're isolating last night, then I think okay, you're being a little bit like yeah. pump the brakes. Yeah. But it's been all season. Like Monty, he's had what five quality starts out of 7, 5 out of 8 now, I believe is what it was. Yeah. So you're like okay, it happens. But overall like you you just haven't had that, so I don't. I don't think you're a prisoner of the moment at all. I think you're taking the entirety of the season so far, evaluating it, and going, "This is just not good. Mm-hmm. It's just not." Let's go one through one through nine in the Rays lineup. I know you got Wander Franco. I know he's a really good player, but you're not talking about a whole. You're not talking about whole uh, wholesale names or, or, or you know guys that you're going to be. Like, oh man, a Rosarina, of course, so we know. But that was a deal. Where Jose Martinez was the the player that they initially yeah, he was were going the actual after. draw in that. Yeah, so <laughs> you get Randy or Rosarina in a deal with the Cardinals. Wander Franco is your stud that you develop through the organization. Then you're talking about guys like you know you're talking about guys like uh, Josh Josh Lowe and Brandon Lau, the second baseman, 
Luke Rayleigh, Margot. I think they've got Jalmer Con- Condelario, who was at the, who was with the Tigers, or no, it was uh, it's a uh, Isaac Paredes, who they got from Detroit. You're not talking about guys that are mashing. They got pitching. They got pitching, and then they kind of fill things in. Well, they are, they are mashing though. They lead the they're league ma- in yes. home runs. Sorry, they're mashing, but they're not the Padre with the pa- how the Padres. For sure, did they're it. not. They're not a yeah. star-studded lineup at all. It's not Whatever like, system they have, it's working. I don't even know if those guys even had success on other teams. If they did, it was fleeting. And Brandon Lau has had a great a great year. But I, if you poll ten people, hey, which team does Brandon Lau play for? I I know you're not getting half the people saying the race. You may only get one or two. Sorry, these aren't household names. So if they got Dansby Swan, if the Cardinals got Dansby Swanson in the offseason and Sean Murphy, would you be better? Absolutely. Is your pitching does your pitching still stink? Yeah, I mean, there's no change to that. I wonder if they feel more comfortable moving Mason Wynn than if they do get Swanson, if they move Wynn for, for a pitcher. Oh, I now this Wynn is all what had, if yeah. stuff now, but right. you know, I wonder if that is Wynn may a have had move. to be a part of the package to get Murphy. He may have had to been. Maybe, maybe that's the case. I think there's a lot of pieces that would have had to have been going the other way. Yeah. But then again, you get Murphy in there who, quote-unquote, can call a better game than Wilson Contreras. Maybe the pitching isn't so bad. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it is because they're not executing. I, 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 I agree, but is it good? I don't think it's great. But is, is it good enough to win the National League Central? That is their model, and that's what it's been. Right. Which, as many people are going to point out, is horse manure. But if that's the case, but hear, hear me out. And I know that Andrew Kisner's not Sean Murphy, not even trying to go down that road. But Kisner puts in all the preparation, 13 hours of prep work for each game, and you still end up giving up, what, 10 runs last night? Mm-hmm. And the numbers. So whose fault is it? Is it Kisner's fault again? Like, if you're blaming Contreras for some of these things, are you not blaming Kisner? No, you shouldn't. You should probably blame the pitchers who uh, Ollie said, oh, he didn't have his his curveball tonight or his slider which or his changeup. He didn't have his changeup tonight. Mm-hmm. And Montgomery says, yeah, I did throw the fastball more than I wanted, and I couldn't locate it. That's, <laughs> not, that's not the catcher's fault. No. Jamie, you could be behind the dish. It's not going to matter. It doesn't matter. Yep. And to Jamie's point, I saw BK had a little nugget on Twitter last night. Um, that Wilson Contreras, they started to transition away from him on April 29th. And starting pitcher's ERA prior to that date was 5.05. Since then, it's 6.33. Relief <laughs> pitchers prior to the 29th, 3.93 ERA. Ever since then, it's 3.86. So it went down for the relief pitchers, <sighs> but for the starters, it went up. So, so your starting, so your starting pitching isn't good enough, and your bullpen is good, not great. That's, and in the meantime, you've managed to alienate a player by right. blaming him yeah. instead of the pitching. You've had to throw you've had to throw a bunch of love at a, at a player that you gave eighty seven and a half million to just a couple of months ago. And I do think the the team has rallied around him. I think you see his celebration. Yeah. You know, the well, I definitely think so. But you didn't, you I saw that everyone was right. doing that yesterday. So yeah. I think in the clubhouse, things are cool. But from a national perspective, it was embarrassing. Yes. You shouldn't have had to have rallied around him. Right. It should sure. never have gotten out. And you, like, ugh, 
still well, disgusted. You should have got outs, a lot of outs, and then you wouldn't have had to done that, Dang, Jamie. You're right. You're right. Oh, you're talking about the scandal being all of it, quite yeah. honestly. Let's talk to Chris Kerber. So, Jamie, you had said to me before the show that today was the first loss to the Sharks in 2019. This, this was game one. On this date, game one in 2019, was the Blues Sharks end up being a loss for the Blues. Let's talk to Kerber about Boy, that things That series, how much changed after game one, all that. We'll we'll look back. Maybe we'll throw a couple of uh, current questions at Kerbs, but it's always fun to go back, especially if you're a Blues fan and you're talking about 2019. Chris Kerber, Voice of the Blues next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Jamie Rivers, I'm Anthony Stalter, and Chris Kerber, voice of the blues, joins us right now in the fast lane. What's up, Kerbs? Anthony, how are you guys? We're doing great. I know you've been following the NHL playoffs just like we have. What did you think of the uncharacteristic play last night of Alex Petrangelo? Connor McDavid said his slash on Leon Dreisaitl was, quote, intent to injure. What would you think? Ah. Uh, you know what? In today's game, I'd agree with him. In the games of yesteryear, it would have been normal hockey. But in today's game, I have no idea what Alex Petrangelo is thinking, and the league frowns upon that kind of stick work. I, I tend to think then, because Darnell Nurse ended up taking that that instigator penalty inside the final five minutes, which is an automatic gain suspension and a $10,000 fine, that might make it a little bit easier for the NHL to suspend Petro for one game if one of the top D for both teams ends up on the shelf. Yeah, curves, uh, uncharacteristic for sure from from Petro. Um, you know, but let's talk for a second here, uh, just in general, about that Oilers team, uh, that series, okay? Because that series has gone back and forth, and now they're both tied at two. Maybe suspension looming for Petro, certainly a suspension for Darnell Nurse. You know, in your opinion... What's the separator for these teams? If one of these teams is going to win, how are they going to do it? One of their goaltenders is going to make a big save at the right time. I, I, I haven't think the goaltending in this series has been good on either side. Um, you know, I know they're continuing to deal with injuries on the Vegas side. Uh, to, to me, to me, a commitment to a a more physical style of play from both teams is important. And, you know, I, I actually I actually think, honestly, the, other, the winner of the other series, Seattle or Dallas, that's able to play the defensive-minded style might have a chance against one of these two teams when they shouldn't, but, but, but they do. So to me, haven't they? Like, you're like, okay, one team's played well than the other team. I don't think we've seen both teams play well in all aspects of the game since uh you know in this series but i'm just i'm not sold on the goaltending of either team and to me that's the wild card that will be one team's downfall and the other team's reason for winning is whoever in this best of three now gets some decent goaltending curbs if you're the head coach for of the vegas golden knights and you've had brossois who's now 
injured, and Aiden Hill played last night but gave up four. Wasn't terrible, but certainly, you know, it's not like it's on lockdown with him. Would you go over and tap the glass and talk to Jonathan Quick and say, hey, big boy, you think you got any gas left in that tank here for us? Oh, absolutely. Like I, I mean, I, I, I absolutely would. Uh, there's a reason you acquired him. There's a reason you gave something up to Columbus to get him, right? And, and, and I'm not sure it's to sit there and watch you guys through the, the playoffs. You knew you were probably going to need him, which is why you're doing it. So, uh, but, but then again, now, now look, I say that, Jamie, and you and I are sitting here in St. Louis, Missouri. Neither one of us has been watching practice. Neither one of us has watched him, you know, over some stretches of, of play, you know, while you're, while things are, you know, since that trade's been acquired. But there has to be a reason that they haven't played him yet, isn't there? Yeah. I, I mean, don't... I'm not exactly sure what it is, but, but there's got to be a reason they haven't gone to that experience through two rounds yet. Yeah, I don't know why either, honestly, because Bruce Cassidy on record saying that Jonathan Quick has played really well for us since we've acquired him, yet he's been apprehensive to, you know, knock on that door. So I, I don't know. Maybe there's more to it. Uh, although he did say that it would be Hill and Quick moving forward, and he, he didn't disclose whether he would lean one way or the other. For me personally, if there's no injury or no problem involved with, with Jonathan Quick, I don't see how it hurts you to give it a shot. You get a guy like that who obviously his pedigree is fantastic. He's a championship goalie. He's a star. I mean, he, he can steal games for you if everything's correct. And, and why not? You know, he's got a chip on his shoulder still, too. Jamie, I'm, I'm a big believer in some real simple philosophies when it comes to sports. You play the situation. In sports that have a clock, you play the clock. And, and, and ultimately, for me, you don't lose important games with your best players on the bench, right? So it, I, I have a hard time thinking that Aiden Hill is a far greater option than Jonathan Quick, if what you said is true, that Jonathan Quick is healthy. And, and good to go. I just got to think his experience matters here. I don't think if you're Vegas, you're going in saying we've got to, like, I, I don't like the, I'm not comforted with the idea of saying, well, maybe we try to outscore the Edmonton Oilers, especially with the numbers that Dreisaitl's putting up. So I, I, I got to think that they've got to think long and hard about using Jonathan Quick. And, again, that's coming long from the outside, not talking to anybody inside in terms of how he's looked or how he's played in practice. But, You've got to win a best of three here, and it's a chance to – I mean, and let's face it, the winner of this series, just from an all-around depth and skill standpoint, has a terrific chance of going to the Stanley Cup Finals. The Dallas Stars, from an offensive, I think, uh, opportunity, are not as deep as and, – and, and neither are the Seattle Kraken as either of these two teams, but those other two teams play such a good defensive game, and Ottinger might be the great equalizer, Grubauer's experience as well there, but – to, to me, the, the winner of this series has a tremendous opportunity for the Stanley Cup final, and uh, and and but you got to figure out some goaltending, and I don't think either team has done that. Curbs, I want to take you to a trip here. The hot tub time machine is fired up, and I want to go back to 2019. And on this day in 2019, the Blues lost Game One to the San Jose Sharks in that series, but then the rest, as we know is history, you being there in San Jose with the club and the ups and downs, certainly of the beginning of that series, 
What do you remember most of what the Blues did to change things or things they may have done to take over that series? It truthfully was an attitude. You remember going into game one, the Blues didn't have a whole lot of time because the second series with the Dallas Stars obviously went you know, to, to the game seven, right? And, and double overtime on, on top of that. So, and, and that was just four days earlier on May 7th, right? So now you, you, you get out to San Jose and you play game one, and San Jose took it to you a little bit. They were feeling it. After that game, at the end of that game, Joe Vitale and Darren Pang got down towards the locker room before John Kelly and I did. We were wrapping our stuff up in the booth. The two analysts got downstairs. They saw Steve Ott in the hallway, and they said, oof, that one got away from you, Coach. And Steve Ott basically said, don't worry about it, fellas. Like, like there was just an attitude of no big deal, right? We know what they're going to do. We know what they're going to bring. We know where our team is at right now. You know, they showed us a lot today that we're going to be able to coach. And it's one aspect of that whole Stanley Cup run that probably should get a lot more notice is the coaching that was done during that, especially from a coaching staff that didn't have a lot of NHL playoff experience as coaches. It's on, on a deep run. And, and, it was, and that attitude was there. So you went in the locker room on practice day the next day, and it was, it was like that first game didn't exist. They just moved right along. And when they get that goal from, uh, you know, out there and, and, and get the lead and then start to move in game two, then you knew that this series was going to be something. So then game three turns around, and game three is the hand pass game. And same thing. You go into the locker room after the morning after game three. I saw Pat Maroon. I'm like, man, this team is just flatlined. It's like nothing had happened. And I said, Pat, what's the room in here like? And he goes, he goes, curbs. He goes, another game just coming right up. And they, it, honestly, it was like game 10 of the regular season, you felt. I did a radio interview with San Jose after that, the, the morning after game three. And they said, well, what's the mood? They've got to be pretty bummed in that locker room. I said, guys, I don't think San Jose knows what's coming. <laughs> and that's, that's honestly what I said on that interview. I said, I don't think San Jose knows what's coming. And then the Blues just broke a franchise, and they broke the San Jose Sharks, and then the Sharks still haven't recovered from that series. So uh, it, it was an amazing series, but to me the biggest difference was just they – I mean, even they lose game one in Boston. They were flatlined going in. They lose game six here on home ice in, in the Stanley Cup final. They're like, no, let's just get on the road and go. And, and never once did you get a sense around this team that, that they were defeated. They, they were just unflappable. Curbs, it's, uh, I'm looking here online. It looks like uh, Alex Petrangelo has been fined $5,000 for his slash. Yeah. Wow, you called that. Listen. You called yeah. – Curbs, he called just a, a suspend, not a suspension. He called just a fine, Jamie did. Yeah, and I think – listen, the league does something that I don't think I'm a real fan of. And if, if he had broken – well, there's there – actually, I got to – now that we're talking this through – I'm sorry to say, if he had broken the thumb or the hand or the wrist of Dreisaitl, you might have seen a suspension. But you remember, go back, was it, is it Ajo that, was, that, that, that broke his hand in Carolina in round one? Yes. Um, uh, right? And remember Rod Brendamore's pretty stern comments about it? Um, you know, so maybe there was some precedent early on. Look, that's a pretty big deal. The fact that they were getting clobbered the way they do, Darnell, so Petro loses his head, two-hand slashes Dreisaitl, and it's a fine. Nurse loses his head a little bit, ends up taking an instigator, which I would have loved to have seen them repeal, and get suspended. 
that's a huge suspension for the Edmonton Oilers going into a pivotal game five. And, um, you know, for like, I don't know, you, you take a two-handed swing and a two-handed chop like that well after a pass. Uh, like I said, that's old school hockey, and I'm fine with it. But in today's game, I think it warrants more than the $5,000 fine. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. And again, uh, this is being reported on Twitter. Uh, the Hockey News has put it on here. But again, without the blue check marks, Curbs, it's hard to know for sure. I'm still yeah. searching for certainty on this one. Yeah, that's right. You got you got to be a lot more careful now without the blue check marks. Oh, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. the Hockey News is you know reporting it, but at the same time, still uh, not quite sure. But that looks like what happened. The yeah, Hockey News is my, reporting I mean, it if it's the Hockey News. Yeah. yeah. That, that 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 blue that that blue check mark's huge. I mean, my so I've, I've been getting a whole bunch of feeds of like Jamie Rivers parody accounts with like speedo shots and stuff like that. So I, <laughs> oh no, that's I, the real I'm deal, Curbs. Real deal. That's the real deal, baby. That's my go-to move. Drop the shorts and wear the speedo. Curbs, if he's, I almost hate now if if, if Jamie's going on vacation, it's like oh no. Yeah, you know what? Like, put that in your passport. No more Mexico for you, okay? What are you talking about? That's great. That's great for my portfolio, uh, Curbs. You're speechless. I got nothing. I I might actually... I I would have run out of my time of comeback of viability on that one. (laughs) Curbs, I'm honestly thinking about launching my own line of Speedos coming up here, so stay tuned, okay? You know what? I think you could do it, actually. (laughs) (laughs) You will never... Listen... You will never see me in one, but but I think you could do it. All right, there we go. That's all I needed. Wait till he's got the calendar and he asks you to be June, <laughs> Curbs. <laughs> listen, listen. The world may need me in some way, shape, or form in some for something. That would never be a reason. <laughs> that would, like, you know what? Actually, that might, you know what? Not come to think about it. We should take that picture, send it to Speedo. They might pay us not to use that photo. Yeah, that's well, a either good call. way we're getting paid, yeah. right? That's yeah. the way I look at yeah. it. It's it's basic. Yeah. It's it's va- it's basically blackmail, but in some weird form. So, <laughs> good call. Curbs, have a good rest of your week. Have a good weekend. Enjoy the NHL playoffs. All right, guys. Have an awesome weekend. See All ya. Right. Take care. That's Chris Kerber, voice of the Blues, right here on your home of the Blues, one hundred and one ESPN. We've got what's trending coming up next in the fast lane. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. What's trending in the world of sports? The Fast Lane has you covered. What's trending now? Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate to Goodwill and get a half price Cardinals ticket voucher. Welcome back to the Fast Line here on 101 ESPN. Anthony Stalter, Jamie Rivers. I'm Andrew Marsh, and it's time for What's Trending. Guys, we were just talking about Alex Petrangelo in the NHL playoffs. Well, more news in the NHL. A team that's not in the playoffs, the Philadelphia Flyers, they have hired Keith Jones. He is leaving TV to lead the Flyers, and Danny Briere as well uh, gets the, the GM title. So, Jamie, what are your thoughts about this? We saw Rick Tockett, who was a former coach, who was on TV, and then went back into coaching. What are you thinking about uh, Keith Jones here? Well, I don't think it's as bad of an idea as some people are thinking out there. 
Now, Keith Jones was a, <clears throat> excuse me, really good player, had a, a, a nice career. And since his career's been over, all he's done is cover hockey games, broadcasts. So if anybody's in tune with how the league is trending, uh, players, coaches, GMs, I can tell you from a broadcast side of it, we talk to everybody. And I just, ha- you know, I just do the Bally Sports Midwest, where my main focus is the Blues and, and their opponent, whoever it is on that night. A guy like Keith Jones being for over 20 years doing it from a national perspective, he's pretty dialed in. And, and what the Flyers made clear with this announcing, too, is that they have a salary cap specific person. They have business operations specific person. They have all of these other things that are not hockey related as far as on the ice that are already taken care of by other employees. So Keith Jones, all he has to do is go in there and build a hockey team the right way. And I think he's I think he's capable of doing it. And I think Danny Briere, they're going to work like hand in hand, side by side. It's not going to be Danny Briere who makes the trades or Keith Jones who signs the players. Everything that happens in that organization from this point moving forward is going to be a a panel of people that make these decisions together and then they move in that direction. Whether they keep John Tortorella or not, to me, that's the biggest question. Tortorella has got to go. He has not had a good season as a coach in eons. And he's never, like, his style of just being abrasive, just to be abrasive with his players, it doesn't work. Daryl Sutter's no longer in Calgary because the players couldn't stand him. And I'm all for, you know, some good old school, hard nose, but it has to make sense. Just being a jerk because you want to be a jerk because you think it's old school and tough doesn't work. I wonder if a lot of these older coaches of the old style could learn from Craig Berube in the way that he he goes about things. You have to. You have to learn. You have to evolve with the game. You have to evolve as a coach. You can't just be stuck in your ways. And, and Torts, every time you turn around, he's got conflict. Like, for me, if I'm the president of that team, I'm saying, hey, Torts, listen, you know hockey, but I can't take the conflict anymore. Our locker room is in constant conflict because of you. Mm-hmm. And it's one thing to hold the players accountable, but to make their lives miserable on a regular basis, they're not going to go out there and perform. Yep. And not not that they're, they're, they're spoiled, but who the hell's motivated by that? You go into work every day and you get kicked in the balls every day? Do you think you want to show up for the fifth day in a row? <laughs> no. You'd be like, yeah, I'm over this. Mm-hmm. I'll just gently walk in the room so he misses. <laughs> <laughs> I just, uh, I think Jones and Briere... I think they've got a lot of work to do. It's not going to happen overnight. But uh, my first project would be evaluating the current coaching staff and whether or not I'm moving forward with them. Who do you talk to first? Because the players may give you a skewed viewpoint. Yeah, a uh, couple of things. I would, I would, I, you have to talk to the players. You have to take into consideration players that are there. Uh, I think you talk to. Anybody surrounding the team, you talk to the trainers. Coaching staffs, trainers, yeah. Trainers, for me. The trainers are the pipeline of information. Anytime, anything you want. The medical staff and the equipment guys, they they see all, hear all, and know all. They're the ones who are going to tell you, hey, this is how it's like. Mm-hmm. The torts is out of line, or these players need somebody like torts, or like they're going to yeah. tell you what you need to know. Good call. Are they the physical embodiment of fly on the wall? Pretty much. <laughs> they are. I mean, they, they really are. Jamie, your Lions 
will be playing the first game of the NFL season against the Chiefs. The Chiefs are hosting the Lions to become. Okay. (laughs) Okay. For who? (laughs) He didn't specify. He just said one. He just said a team will be 1-0. Hey, I stand by it. 1-0. And he's likely to be right. That's right. Thank you, Anthony. You can always tie, but uh, likely to be right. It is true. The tie. The dreaded tie. So the Chiefs will be hosting the Lions September 7th at Arrowhead Stadium on that traditional Thursday, the uh, the primetime season opener. Probably going to be the best Thursday night football game that we've seen in quite some time. Oh, Marsh. We were just talking about that yesterday. Well, they've been no, terrible, right. Anthony. Yeah. Those I like Thursday it. games have been awful. Uh, yeah, they have. I, I like the first matchup. I think it's great. Detroit, Kansas City, the first Monday night game. There's a lot of intrigue, too, and Marsh, you're probably getting to this, but I'll, mm-hmm. I'll say it, too. Buffalo and New York, New York being the Jets. So you got an AFC East matchup for the first Monday night football game of the year and that Detroit-Kansas City team. Regardless of thoughts that I had or other people had on Detroit's draft and whether or not they might be overhyped heading into the year, it's a good football team. They had every opportunity at the end of the year with the way that they were playing in the second half to make the playoffs. They're, they're an interesting team, a well-liked team because of Dan Campbell and hard knocks from a year ago. Started off rough, and then they turned things around. Going into Arrowhead is never easy, especially on opening night when they're celebrating another Super Bowl championship. But Great way to rain it, on the parade, Anthony. There you go. I think they'll be up for the challenge. Uh, one last thing. This happened a few days ago, but we are having BT join the show here soon, so I wanted to maybe get his perspective on on this. But Mookie Betts, while playing in Milwaukee, he rented an Airbnb to avoid staying at the haunted Fister Hotel. At the Fister Hotel. Mm-hmm. I thought yeah. that was pretty funny. Um, he said he stayed in there because he couldn't sleep. Yachty never stood. Uh, never never <laughs> yeah. stayed there either. Oh, Yachty, uh, I don't know uh, Yachty or Albert. Albert too. They they go to a different hotel. Yeah, you stayed there, right? The Fister. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I yeah. never had any problems. No relative, no dead no, relative no came problems. and visited you at any I, point. Not that I knew. Yeah, Maybe. you were sleeping. Maybe they did. I, I slept like a baby. I yeah. was fine. The massage was great. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even order one. I didn't even order. I was like, this is great. <laughs> James in Scary Movie 2. <laughs> <laughs> totally. What a reference. Scary Movie 2. I like it. Uh, <laughs> take, my, take my strong man, child. <laughs> what a, that's Chris, what, is this Chris Elliott? Is yes. that his name? Yeah. He is such a weird dude. He is, but he's funny. Yes. He's really funny. All right. Brad Thompson, BT. He's going to join us next. We'll talk a little Cardinals baseball with BT, covering some topics like uh, the pitching, why has it not been great, and, well, pretty much a lot of the pitching. We'll get into it next with BT here on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's a fast line on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers and Anthony Stalter and our guy Brad Thompson joins us right now. You saw BT over the over the last couple of nights on Bally Sports Midwest covering the Cardinals and 
BT overall, good series against the Cubs. Unfortunately, last night went sideways because of Jordan Montgomery. But your thoughts your thoughts on the Cardinals' performance in, uh, in Chicago as a whole, BT? Uh, I like the first two games better, guys. Yeah, that makes uh, sense. Yep. Immensely better. No, look, they won a series, and that's what they uh, – I don't know if you, you guys – I mean, you guys are big sports fans. You know this. Uh, the more series you win, uh, the better chance you have of being a postseason team. And to this point, the Cardinals, boy, have not been rattling off series wins. So the fact that they took the first two at Wrigley meant a lot. The fact that they actually snapped that – unreal skid of dropping their first 11 openers which is just amazing that that was even a thing but they won that one they did win three in a row um so yes i I think that that is a positive but it's something that they have to build off you're right montgomery didn't look good man he didn't look sharp at all he had been so good this season before that start and we know he had the one clunker it was against the diamondbacks he gave up seven earned runs if you threw that one out and even with that one his numbers were still very respectable if you threw that one out he had a 195 ERA on the season like he had been really good but that's the least amount of touch that we've seen him have in a game BT post game Montgomery was talking about just not having all of his pitches and that he couldn't locate his fastball when you're on the bump and you're going through something like that right like in real time as the game is happening What's the strategy at that point if you're the pitcher? You, obviously, you're going to talk to the catcher. You can talk to the manager. Or maybe you do, maybe you don't. I don't know. Take us behind the scenes on how that works. Yeah, I, I think that those are the days where you like truly find out who you are, really. like When you don't have your best stuff is how can you compete in those moments. And look, Monty, you're going to have a game like that. You're going to have a game where you just end up giving up way more than you want to, and it just isn't your day. But – there, there's like, there's really no amount of talking, really, or coaching that is going to get you through that when you keep making the same mistakes over and over again. It just comes down to straight up competing and can you limit damage? And unfortunately, a couple of two run home runs, one off the bat of Patrick Wisdom that hung up, one off the bat of Jan Gomes that was middle in. Uh, you know, they ended up being a big big difference makers but really the the main thought process when you don't have it and you know it pretty darn early on it was evident he you know you as you mentioned he talked about his fastball command not being there his breaking ball maybe through one or two breaking balls that look good his change up was way up in the zone a pitch that he's usually able to bury down like that's where you just dig in and you let it rip a little bit and he just didn't he didn't have it like they you know it's not that he didn't try to compete but those are they always say like throughout a season, Jamie, um, you know, if, if let's say you make 30 starts, 10 of them, you're going to feel great. 10 of them, you're going to feel awful. And then there's a 10 in the middle where you're going to be right there in between. It's like what you do with those ones is going to define your season. You never very rarely do you go out there and just everything feels awesome. Also, very rarely do you go out there and everything feels bad. But it comes down to competing, guys. And and overall with this Cardinal pitching staff, and specifically when I'm looking at the starters and just watching the games and looking at the numbers, it, it I'd like to see a little bit more compete out of the group. BT, have you noticed anything with the change to Andrew Kisner, I know it, I know it is it's only been a couple of games, but the way that they're the the pitcher the pitching staff is attacking the opponent or any sort of uh, differences that you know that you notice when it comes to the game planning or in game adjustments, anything that has stood out to you? Yeah, look, I, I think that some of the pitch calling, um, specifically with two strikes, has been a little bit different and maybe more. Uh, 
more traditional than we've seen here recently, but the execution has sucked. So you still go back and look at it and be like, oh, they, they gave up a bunch of two-strike hits here recently. They did. And then go back and look at the pitches and see where they are. They end up uh, you know, being middle of the zone, but maybe not the worst thing. Also, look, it, it's it's also evident that Kiz can steal you more strikes at this point than Contreras can around the zone. He's just better with the glove back there um, than – than Contreras is and uh, look we know how big of a difference it was last year going from Yachty to Kisner right so that just kind of tells you how big the jump is from Yachty to Contreras when you're looking at Kisner and he looks ridiculous behind the plate so um, I, I do think that there are some changes back there and I do think and I know it's a continuing learning process for Contreras as he's taking all these at bats at the eight spot but Kisner is not the answer at catcher. Like, Kiz does not fix the woes of this pitching staff. It can help stop the bleeding for a little bit, potentially. But we all know the answer is to get this lineup back to the point where Contreras is behind the plate and you can actually use that DH position like you want to use that DH position. Like, that's going to have to happen sooner rather than later. BT, we were bouncing around some ideas earlier just because the rotation – overall just hasn't been consistent and for some of them they just haven't been good this year at, at what point would would a John Mosellock or Ali Marmel consider bringing up some of the youth getting a look at Matthew Libertor because I'm kind of surprised that we haven't seen that yet I think Ollie would consider it three weeks ago uh, I, I don't know if – I mean, that, that's a front office thing when it comes down to personnel, who's in, who's out. Um, the, the thing is with, with Steven Matz, as we talked about him last time out, I think that Steven Matz kind of saved his gig, really. Matz uh, was on the brink, I think, of being potentially the odd man out, and then he actually went out there on Sunday against the Tigers, and he went five and a third, only gave up one. I really do think that that was potentially on the brink of happening. Um, but right now, man, well, like, let's just look at just on the surface. And I don't, I don't have all of the stats in front of me right now, but you just look at, I'll just use Jack Flaherty, for instance. Okay. You look at Jack Flaherty's year that he's having, you look at those numbers. If Jack Flaherty is, uh, not an impending free agent at, at the end of this year and his service time isn't what it is where he can't be sent down, he'd be in the minor leagues. And like that, that's kind of all there is to it. They need him to be better. They need the entire group to be uh, a whole lot better. But Jamie, I don't know. I, I don't know the answer to that. I don't know when they're going to try something new. It, it's evident that they they could use a little new blood. I just don't know where they find the spot to do it unless they're able to swing some sort of a trade. And it's still early to do something like that. More Cardinals coverage with our guy Brad Thompson coming up next, including if the Cardinals strayed away from their identity. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. More with our guy Brad Thompson here with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. BT, before we get into kind of the the overall identity, I know you were looking up some two-strike numbers with the Cardinals and some other statistics that really stand out. And Dan McLaughlin is, has been on these airways over the last couple of weeks, and he has cited a lot of the two-strike numbers too. 
What is something that has really stood out to you when it comes to the the Cardinals pitching staffs having struggles specifically with with getting the the last out or the last yeah, look, strike? The the one thing that pops up to me, and we can stick with the starters right now because that's been the biggest issue overall. Though just entire pitching staff, the uh, the Cardinals are giving up uh, an average of two seventeen. Two seventeen is the average against with two strikes. That's the worst in baseball. But just among the starters, the average against is two fifty nine. Not shockingly, again, that is the worst in baseball with two strikes. And I was telling you guys in the break. In 112 and a third innings pitch for the starters with two strikes, they've given up 112 hits. That is uh, the second team on that list is another team that's struggling mightily in the Chicago White Sox. They've given up 85, 85 uh, two strike hits, and that's in 122 innings for their starters. So it's like crazy. But the question I, I posed to you guys was, is there one pitch in the Cardinals rotation? Just one pitch in the Cardinals rotation. Pick your five starters. Pick one pitch. That is wipeout. That is nasty. That is here it comes. Uh, hide the women and children. What's that one pitch, boys? Well, for me, uh, I said you're hoping that it's Uncle Charlie for Adam Wainwright. You know, we've only seen him in one start, but at least we know ordinarily he has that pitch. Anthony, what do you think? Oh, I would say you don't have one within the organization. Not, not the assignment any, was if, to pick one, Anthony. No yeah, problem. I'll, I'll highlight the fact that they don't have one. <laughs> Double down, Anthony, huh? <laughs> you're not good at this game. Uh, but the, but <laughs> even though we're, like we can all pick a pitch, but you're like squinting to do it, right? right? You're you're just like mm, it comes with the caveat. Slider when it when it's good. Yeah, yeah. there's always like the when it's good or or so and so. Like look around these other rotations, like where it's like. So-and-so's fastball, he throws 100, or the wipeout slider. Like, the Cardinals do not have that. They don't have it in their staff, and it's something that we knew coming in. There was the big bet that Jack Flaherty was going to be able to have his 2019 second-half resurgence. To this point, he's got a 6-1 ADRA. We just haven't seen it yet. Obviously, Jack is frustrated with with how it's gone. A hell of a lot more than we are frustrated with how it's gone. But like that's that. What that would is tell you that, that Brad? Keep... Well, you know what? I don't have I don't have one necessarily one thing to point to. And like I don't know anything about pitching, but uh, I just think I, I I just feel like there's he might be frustrated, and I get it. Like I understand the frustration. The thing about Jack, so Jack is incredibly well prepared. He is he, he does have like an old school mentality like he, he, he can be a real Richard out there when he needs to, which I, <laughs> I appreciate. Um, but he, he also he's analytically inclined, like he understands all that stuff and he knows like he knows what he wants to do when he goes into a ball game. But here's the maddening part. He ain't doing it. He's not executing. So, like, you think about it, you have, uh, Jamie, you have all the answers to the test. You sit down in front of that Scantron, and all of a sudden you abacadabra it. You go, what the hell, man? I knew what I was doing. Like, I feel like that's what Jack is going through right now. Like, he's battling himself, and I don't know the answer as to why. Obviously, he doesn't either, and I know that they're digging into it. I know that they're uh, breaking down every little thing that he's doing to try to figure it out and try to get him right. But uh, he's frustrated, but he's got to handle it a hell of a lot better than he did uh, over the, you know, the after he pitched at Wrigley. Because, uh, look, the media can ask you whatever they want, and you can be tired of answering questions about certain things. 
And uh, look, I have not always said the best thing <laughs> when asked questions to, to the media. You know, like I, I get it. Live and learn. Uh, but I, I think that he could have done a better job with that and he could have uh, elaborated. I'm sure you guys talked plenty about it, uh, but just said, look, we won the game. I'm not executing to the point that I want to. I do like to play with the velocity up and down, but this season has not gone the way that I wanted to. And I'm working my tail off to make sure I get back there, but happy we won. Boom, it's over. You're done. And then you get to talk to the media in a couple of days when you pitch again. I don't think he handled that well at all. That's Brad Thompson, Anthony Salter, Jamie Rivers. We do need a gauntlet contestant today. So if you text in 314 399 9646 to the Air Comfort Service text line, just text in gauntlet, you'll have an opportunity to take on Jamie, Marsh, or myself coming up in about 10 minutes. Yep. BT, moving forward here, I, I teased this question about have the Cardinals strayed away from their identity and and their identity and uh, BT I mean tell me if I'm being too simplistic about it but it's it has really been pitching in defense do you think that they have strayed away from that in recent years and I, and I would understand because your offense was always an issue or has been an issue three years where you didn't make the postseason and then some of these years when you have made the playoffs haven't been the pitching has let you down it's been your offense um, the philosophical change with the draft, going more position players. I, I I thought that was needed. But at the end of the day, if you're not winning games, you point back to it. Do you think that the Cardinals have gotten away from their identity more when it comes to the offseason uh, approach? Uh, not necessarily when it comes to the offseason approach. I, I think that uh, there there's a lot of things. Like your offseason approach, we all know that was – the need was a starter, like a frontline starter. And we also all know that that was going to be $40 million for one of the, the big guys that were out there, or it was going to be a lot of the same, right? A lot of middle of the middle of the rotation type guys, which they have a bunch of. So I don't think that that necessarily is uh, them getting away from their identity. Uh, I will say, I think that that aspect of it is going to have to change if they want to compete here soon. Like they're going to have to get super uncomfortable because they don't have an ace that is ready. I don't think in the minor leagues, like I love the upside of Tink hands i'm a fan of graceffo like they got some guys libertor i can't wait till he gets his chance again but um they don't have that ace ace guy just yet not saying these guys can't grow into it but next year's probably not the year for that so i think that they're, they're gonna have to get uncomfortable but when it comes back to like the identity of this ball club or like just what i think of when i think of the st louis cardinals i think about a team that is strong in every facet of the game and i think about a winning ball club and they're not a winning ball club right now and to this point in the season they have not been strong in every facet of the game like they there are times when things are going well from a hitting standpoint, you know, and then they're not pitching and then they'll pitch and they won't hit. Like it's just been no consistency. So I, I do think that from like going back to a, a draft question, not like I'm not qualified to answer draft questions, but I'll do it anyhow because <laughs> I make stuff up. You're on the radio. Um, Yeah, I, I think that we might see them start going back to maybe higher upside pitching here you know i think uh last couple of years we've seen them move back to pitching they picked up uh, the lefty jerpy last year like i i think that obviously thompson a couple of years ago uh but i, I think that we might see a little bit more of that because i do believe that there is no better currency in all of baseball than uh controllable pitching and high upside pitching because even if you say, wow, we got too many guys, got nowhere to put them. Well, then great. Flip them. Flip yeah. somebody for a left fielder. <laughs> like like that. that is the best currency that you could possibly have. And that's something that 
um, more so more so than like big power bats, you know, teams always fall in love with a big arm. Like you see somebody that's throwing 97, 98, maybe he's having his struggles. A team says, I can, I can fix that. I can work with that. Uh, I don't care about all of the other stuff. Like I, I do think that that's something that the organization definitely needs more of. But here is the, the for the right here, right now, uh, you can't do much about that, like right here, right now. Here's what, what has to happen for this version of the Cardinals. Nolan Arenado's got a Nolan Arenado. Like, there is no way around it. Like, that has to be a lot better. Goldie's got to keep doing the Goldie thing. Offensively, you're going to have to ask for more from that group. Like, that, the offense is going to have to be more consistent throughout the season, and maybe it's not fair, but I think that's how they're going to have to win games right now. The starting rotation... I don't believe is as bad as the numbers that we've seen. There's no way they're as bad as the numbers that we've seen, but they're not as good as the top seven, eight, nine rotations in all of baseball, even when things are going right. So uh, the biggest key to me right here, right now, when you're looking at this weekend against the Red Sox and like the starting pitching, they have to get deeper into games. They have to give you more of a chance. You're going to wreck your bullpen. If you just keep going four or five innings a clip, but the rotation, or I'm sorry, the lineup is going to have to carry them out of these dark times. BT, we know that uh, Dylan's got a tournament and a game tonight. So we, we appreciate you hopping on for a little bit, break down some Cardinals, have a good weekend, man. And good luck to Dylan. Dude, appreciate it. We're going to have fun. I'm going to go uh, introduce myself to my family. I haven't seen them. So, yeah. <laughs> go do that. There you go. Good man. Thanks, brother. We'll see you. Uh, see you, fellas. All right. The, we have got the gauntlet coming up next in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Three warriors, four categories, one challenger. Can you master the gauntlet? Brought to you by Master, your hometown source for business communications for more than 30 years. Visit Mastor.com. Four hundred two. your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsh and Anthony Stalter. And we welcome in AJ to the gauntlet. What's up, AJ? What's up, Anthony? How you doing, man? Doing great, man. Appreciate you joining us. First time in the gauntlet? Sure is. All right. Congratulations. So, Thank you. Thank you. Have you mapped out who you want to play? Um, I think, I'll, I think I'm going to take on uh, Jamie. Boy, Jamie. Jamie's been hot. Everybody's just picking <laughs> on me. You seem real bent, up, bent, bent out of shape Five about it. In a row, though. Let's party, baby. <laughs> All right, so Jamie's the guy today, so Jamie's going to make his way into the cone of silence. All right, good luck, man. Thank you. All right, AJ. Go ahead, tell Marsh to spin the wheel. Go ahead, Marshy, spin it. What category are you hoping for? Uh, Probably baseball, but anything but hockey would be great. Uh Uh-oh. Spun right past baseball <laughs> and middle middle on hockey. Yeah, that's a one-two fastball right there, yeah, right that, down the heart of the right, plate. Let's do it. That was a who who hung one to Blake Sable? Was that? Oh, that was Helsley. Was that Helsley? That's what that was. Hey, two strike fastballs in St. Louis have been getting knocked out of the park. So let's do it. Yeah. Okay. There you go. I like that. I like the the positive outlook on this. All right, Marsh, you got the questions for us? I sure do. All right, he's going to 
Rip those off. Give one to me. Every question today is worth two points unless AJ or Jamie need the options, and then those questions are only worth one point. You ready, AJ? Ready. Question one. Which goaltender carries a $12 million AAV cap hit, making him the highest paid goaltender in the NHL? And this is current. Ooh, go ahead and give me the options on that. Is it John Gibson, Andre Vasilevsky, or Sergei Bobrovsky? Oh, Bob. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Bobrovsky. Final answer? Final answer. Question number two. Last year in the playoffs, the Blues had two players record hat-tricks against the Minnesota Wild. Vladimir Tarasenko did it in game five. Who did it in game one? Let's go. I'll, I'll, I'll do the options again. Options are Ryan O'Reilly, David Perron, or Jordan Cairo. Perron was my first instinct. I'll stick with Perron, final answer. All right, AJ, question number three. In 2017, Jean-Gabriel Pagou, Pajot, Pajot, Sorry about that. Pachot had a four-goal game in the playoffs with the Ottawa Senators. Who did he play that night? Who did he accomplish the feat against? Which team? Boy, I might as well take the options again. New York Rangers, Boston Bruins, Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh Penguins. That would be interesting (laughs) if he did against the Steelers. Pittsburgh Penguins. Rangers, Bruins, or Penguins? Uh, Let's go with the Rangers. Final answer. Final question for you. Current head coach of the Dallas Stars, Pete DeBoer, has coached the Stars, Golden Knights, Sharks, Devils, and which other NHL team who he started his NHL head coaching well, career we, with? Well, we've gone, uh, we've gone options for all of them, so let's <laughs> take the options. You didn't even need to hear the, the <laughs> no, full question. He's like, let's go with the options. I like that. Yeah. yeah. That's how Anthony works with hockey. 100%. All right, your options are Florida Panthers, Phoenix Coyotes or Nashville Predators? So let's go Florida Panthers. Final answer. All right. Let's bring back Jamie from the Cone of Silence. AJ, how are you feeling? I feel incredible. Couldn't feel more confident. Okay. <laughs> AJ, we don't know you enough if you're being sarcastic, but. <laughs> All right. Jamie. Yeah, how'd we do in here? Well, March, why don't you go ahead and tell them. Uh, pack a lunch. Crap. Your category, Jamie. Yeah. Is hockey. Oh, boy. Spun hockey. Are you ready? I guess. We'll try. Question number one. <laughs> Which goaltender carries a $12 million AAV cap hit, making him the highest paid goaltender in the National Hockey League? Wow. Is it Carey Price? Or is it Sergei Bobrovsky? Oh, I think it's Sergei Bobrovsky. Mm. Options. John Gibson, Andre Vasilevsky, or Sergei. Ah, it's Sergei Bobrovsky. Final answer. Son. 
Question number two. Last year in the playoffs, the Blues had two players record hat-tricks against the Minnesota Wild. Vladimir Tarasenko did it in game five. Who did it in game one? Wow. Is it David Perron? I'm trying to think of... Was it Cairo? Ah, give me the options. I'm blanking out right now. Options are Ryan O'Reilly, David Perron, or Jordan Cairo. Yeah, there you go. I've had, have a crap sandwich, Jamie. <laughs> um, <sighs> I think it was David Perron. Final answer. Question three. In 2017, Jean-Gabriel Pagot had a four-goal game in the playoffs with the Ottawa Senators against which team? Sorry, go again. In 2017, Jean-Gabriel Pagot had a four-goal game (laughs) in the playoffs with the Ottawa Senators against which team? Okay, so 2017. Man, you're really testing my brain power on this one. Who the hell were they even playing? Um, hmm. Any options, please? New York Rangers, Boston Bruins, Pittsburgh Penguins. In 2017, New York Rangers. No, Boston Bruins. I, I think Ottawa hasn't really gotten that far. Boston Bruins in 2017. Penguins. It wasn't the Rangers. Ah, uh, woof. 27. I'll go with the Boston Bruins. Final answer. Final question. Yeah. Current head coach of the Dallas Stars, Pete DeBoer, has coached the Stars, Golden Knights, Sharks, Devils, and which other NHL team who he started his NHL head coaching career with? Okay, hang on. Pete DeBoer. Okay. Give me the question again, please. Of course. Current head coach of the Dallas Stars, Pete DeBoer, has coached the Stars, Golden Knights, Sharks, Devils, and which other NHL team who he started his NHL head coaching career with? Oh, wow. Uh, Pete DeBoer, where the hell did you start? The Devils were his second team. Where was he before that? Florida Panthers, final answer. Let's go over these. AJ versus Jamie in hockey. Current head coach of the Dallas Stars, Pete DeBoer, has coached the Stars, Golden Knights, Sharks, Devils, and which other NHL team whom he started his his NHL head coaching career with? Jamie, we just heard you say the Florida Panthers. AJ, you said the Florida Panthers. Correct answer is... Well, they just lost last night. It's the Florida Panthers. But Jamie did not need the options for that one. So we have a 2-1 lead for Jamie Rivers. Which goaltender carries a $12 million AAV cap hit, making him the highest paid goaltender in the NHL? AJ, you went with Sergey Bob. Jamie, you also went with Sergey Bob. Correct answer is... It is Sergei Bobrovsky. Both of you needed the options. Jamie stole with a one-point lead. 
Last year in the playoffs, the Blues had two players record hat tricks against the Minnesota Wild. Vladimir Tarasenko did it in Game 5. Who did it in Game 1? Jamie, you went with David Perron. AJ, you went with David Perron. Correct answer is... It is David Perron. Both of you needed the options. Jamie's still with a one-point lead because of that two-pointer that he scored on that last question there. Comes down to this. Yeah, I'm not happy with this one. In 2017, Jean-Gabriel Pagot. <laughs> Pajot. Pajot. Uh, you know. I let you slide three or four times. I couldn't do it. What? Red Shondeist? Red Shandies. 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 There we go. Pajot. Had a four-goal game in, in the playoffs <laughs> with the Ottawa Senators. Am I fired or am I like Grant fired? I think he's both. still he's still kicking. Yeah, is su- he suspended? He's probably. Still Jamie, the wait, he's still getting paid. What the hell's going on right here? <laughs> All right, he scored four a four-goal game in the playoffs with the Ottawa Senators against which team? Duh, AJ, you went with the Rangers. Jamie, you go. I know it's not the Rangers. You said the Bruins. If it's the Rangers, we've got a walk-off. If it's the Bruins or the Penguins, Penguins are the other option, then Jamie's going to win today. AJ. Walk it off. we got a walk-off. It is the Boston Bruins. Yes. I'm sorry, the uh, New York Rangers. Excuse me. Yes, it's the Rangers. All right. So Jamie (laughs) scored two on the last question. Got a point apiece on the other two. Missed that one, though. AJ, you went with the options on every one of them, and you got every question right. So we got a 4-4 tie. Good job, AJ. Here we go. Closest to the pin. AJ, don't blurt out your answer. We're going to go to you. We'll ask you. You got to come up with your answer right away. But wait until Jamie writes down his answer. So we'll we'll tell you, okay? So hold off on your answer. Closest to the pin. Marsh, you got math duty. Here we go. I'm on it. Here's your tiebreaker question. How many playoff games has David Perron played played in as a blue? How many playoff games did David Perron play in as As a blue? blue? Okay, so... AJ, you're holding off on your answer. Jamie's doing some gorilla math in his head right now. And he had a number, and now he scratched it out. We do have a number from Jamie. I, I can't see it. AJ, what is your number? I'll go 55. The question was, how many playoff games has David Perron played in as a blue? Jamie, you wrote down... 37. 37. In that. Jamie's already discussed it with himself. We'll see if it matters. It AJ, does. you said 55. AJ. You have chosen wisely. Answer is... 77. 77 was the number. Jamie, as Marsh pointed out, wrote down a number and then scribbled it out. That number was... 63. 63. It would have won it for Jamie. It doesn't matter. AJ was closest to the pin on his answer. Again, 77 was the answer. AJ, you're going to be back tomorrow to take on Marsh or me in the gauntlet. Congratulations, man. Awesome, guys. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Nice job, job, AJ. Nice job, AJ. Thanks for playing. Thanks for listening. See you guys.
Uh, Jamie, yeah, post post game press conference here. What what was the question that you were most disgusted with today? Uh, well, the JG Pajo one completely disgusted in that. I didn't think the Senators got far enough uh, that season in the playoffs to end up playing the Rangers. I figured it have to be someone at least kind of in their, in their division. It's where I fumbled the ball. It's my fault. Clearly, uh, I take ownership of that, and it's my fault again in tiebreaker. Anthony, what have I told you? For years. Go with your first go, instinct. For, just go with it. Go with the gut. Yeah, I didn't. This Jamie, is on me. I have to wear this. Interesting. Yep. I'm not used to this. I've been watching a lot of Cardinals post game, and they just blame somebody else. <laughs> yeah, no. You're taking me. ownership for yourself. Yeah, it, it is my fault. Ultimately, I'm the one that said final answer on all these ones, and I own it. I'll just have to be better. Kind of blown away right now, Jamie. <laughs> it's interesting. Taking ownership for your mistakes. New concept. All right, it's a fast lane. Not for you. New. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. Not for you. Not for you, to be fair. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. Are we seeing a different front office approach this season Boy, for the Cardinals? That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. In a couple of minutes, you'll hear Zach Allen, former Cardinals pitcher, who is, of course, one of the players that was traded along with Sandy Alcantara to the Miami Marlins in the Marcelo Zuna trade. He opened up about at least why he thought the Cardinals traded him uh, or made him part of that deal. Kind of interesting when you look back, and it ties in perfectly to the question we just illustrated or, or teased, I should say. Are we seeing a different front office approach this this season? I think this ties into the question that we asked at the start of the show, Jamie, or at least one one that you posed. When you look at this offseason and you think about how how the team thought it was going to for the how the front office thought the team was going to win, it couldn't have been enamored with the pitching staff. It couldn't have said, "Yeah, it's one of the best starting starting staffs you'll ever see." Unless it's, it it looked at it and said, "Well, if the upside is there, if the upside of every question that we have about the starting staff, if that comes true, then we're good. And if that's the case, you were really short-sighted because you didn't take into account the downside of every question, which was, what if Jack Flaherty is either unhealthy or unproductive? Check. What if Steven Matz is either unhealthy or unproductive? Check. What if Adam Wainwright's seven-something ERA in the final six or seven starts of last season also carries into... This this season, have unknown as of right now, to be determined. What if, for some reason, Jordan Montgomery took a step back? Eh, not really, but you know, could be it could it be better? Yes. What if Miles Michael Michaelis isn't isn't healthy? Well, it's not health isn't gonna, isn't a concern, but he is taking a step back from what we've seen. You didn't go with the the downside, to everything you went with the upside. But I think Jamie, what happened was the approach. Hey, if anything, we can out-hit our mistakes. Our offense is going to be great. That had to be the approach. Why else go into the season with this starting staff and thinking to yourself you're gonna you were gonna be fine? Granted, I didn't think it was gonna be a disaster. I didn't think the bottom was gonna fall out like it looks like it's happening right now. 
But we all we all talked about the starting staff not being great. Yeah. So here, here's my thoughts. Uh, I, I too was of the belief that ah, it'd be fine. It'll be fine. Yeah, be fine. Not good, not great. Not good, not great. But I guess the problem that I have, or where I go back to every single time, is there's just too many question marks surrounding each and every pitcher. Every one of them had something. Your most sure thing, or your sure bet for pitchers that you thought was that Montgomery and Michaelis would be able to you know, just every day. They just go out when the, whenever their their turns up. They're, you're, everything's gonna be just fine. They're gonna eat innings and keep you in the game. They're gonna be fine. We know there were question marks, whether it was health or performance or age or all of the above. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that he was going to have a bad season. It doesn't mean that he's having a bad season. It just means there's question marks. Jack Flaherty, obvious question marks between health and performance, like you brought up. Stephen Matz, obvious question marks. So if you got three guys in your rotation that have obvious question marks, your rotation's not good enough. Mm-hmm. You have to eliminate one of those guys. You gotta get you start you gotta get at least three sure things. Like you have to tip the scale a little bit. They didn't. They didn't even try. Really? I mean, rumor has it they were, you know, kicking the tires on on Rodon. Okay, fine. But if you knew he was going to be a Yankee or he wanted to be a Yankee anyways. Like, what was plan B? What was plan B? There was none. So I, I just don't understand. I don't understand the thought process. When you have such a glaring need, how you don't address it in some way, even if they would have just brought back Jose Quintana. I made this argument, went crazy the one day saying, well, he's exactly what you still have. Is it? Yeah, he is. But at least there would have been less question marks surrounding him. You knew what he was. Mm-hmm. Now he's injured. It's unfortunate he hasn't But in hindsight, like what? Rodon, too. Yeah. Rodon's injured, too. But my point with Quintana is at least like you knew what you had. Mm-hmm. There were no question marks. Based off what he did for you last year and the fact that he was your starting pitcher in the playoffs, there was no question marks. You tip the scales. Keep him and move some somebody else. Sure. Now at least you've got three guys in Michaelis, Montgomery, and Quintana that – at least you know what you have. Jamie, Greg Amzinger joins the opening drive. Greg, of course, of MLB Network. He was on the opening drive today and made of my work. Yeah. Yeah, he takes some of my thoughts, <laughs> which is not true at all, but we, we made it seem like it. Uh, he was on the opening drive today, made a point about John Mozeliak and how these decisions aren't all on Mo when it comes to the roster. No, he was definitely in the mix of signing Wilson Contreras. But how this is working going forward, as after he signed this last contract, there are, there's a new plan in place of how decisions are made. And it's not just all John Mozeliak. And that was per usual that all Cardinal fans are used to. Everyone in media was used to it. So now he has to understand that at some day, at some point, he's not the guy with the accountability. And the only way this organization thrives is if the new faces of accountability start making decisions. And to me, that's what's going on right now. Who are the new faces? Yeah, I don't know. Who like? I, I'm, I, I'm, I wish Greg was on with us right now. I'd say, who are the new faces of accountability? Well, Greg, here's another clip from Greg. Maybe he goes into that aspect. I got questions too. Here's here's Greg Amsinger on on how Mo is preparing the organization for a handoff. John Mozeliak is now 
sitting in the back row. He's been sitting in the back row based on his title for a while. But after this new contract, he's really letting the new regime make mistakes. The new regime thrive. He's trying to take his hands away from it as much as he can. He's still integrated, no question about that. But even he said it at his press conference. This contract is really the transition of the post-Mosaic era. And the only way that's true is if he has an approach that isn't as hands-on. So all of these new decisions and ideas and things that don't feel, quote-unquote, normal to Cardinal fans, understand that the president of baseball operations signed his final contract, and I asked him on MLB Network, it sounds like a swan song here. Is this by far your last deal? He goes, I think this is what we're doing. Yes. I still don't know who the hell's what what he's alluding to. Is it, is he alluding to Michael Gersh? Because he's been around now for several years, I don't so know he's who not else a new face. Hire in- Ali's Ali. If, if you're wondering about like the the organization, any organization for that matter, the the way that they go about it, the manager doesn't have say on the roster. He he might be asked questions about it, but. Ali is not making decisions about whether or not uh, a player should be called up or sent sent down. Yes, he'll have input, but that's that's Mo. And yeah, Greg is right Greg now. is tied in. Greg is tied in, so maybe he's he's trying to allude to something that we just don't know. But do they have somebody else I, I within their I, organization? That's like would it be Flores, Randy Flores? Randy Flores is the scouting director, but he's been around for a while, so I don't know what new but face does he have more. Does Randy Flores maybe have more impact now on the roster? Is he going to be the next Mo, or is he going to be the next Gersh? And Gersh is going to be the next Mo. I'm so confused. I right would think I would think that Gersh would be the next Mo, and Flo would be the next Gersh. I know, but I'm I'm confused by. I'm not bu- either. I'm not buying it. If Mo is around, you think Mo? You think Mo is not making making the decisions? Yeah, I don't. I'm not. Do you think Mo? Do you really think Mo is not making the? There's no way. If he's not, he's not making the decisions, seat. why would the DeWitts be paying him anything at all? Right. You, the contract is coming up. You could have yeah. said Mo could have easily said, "Hey, I'll I'll shift into a different role," but why sign a two-year contract extension like he did in the in the off season? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't. For me, right now, it doesn't hold water. Not right now. I agree. Until until something is clarified or that we know for sure. I can't imagine somebody with John Mosellock's resume, whether you like him or not, the resume is really good. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine that he just handed the keys to the camper over and we're like, ah, I'll just be here and you guys can all blame me and you guys make the decisions and do whatever you want. I can't imagine. I would not want that on my legacy. I'd be like, no, if I'm here, I'm in charge. Right. In two years from now or whatever it is when my contract expires, then you can pass the torch to whomever. But mm-hmm. until that point, I'm the guy. Yeah, agreed. That one, it just doesn't make any sense to me at all. All right, let's get into the Zach Gallen comments. These are interesting. So you'll hear what Zach Gallen said about his brief time with the Cardinals and his thoughts on why the Cardinals included him in that deal for Marcelo Zuna. That's next at 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
It's a fast line on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsh and Anthony Stalter. So AJ Pruszynski has his his podcast. I forget the name of it. Marsh, you have foul it? territory. Foul territory is the podcast, and he has Zach Gallen, who of course is pitching now for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Once a Cardinals prospect that was dealt in the Marcel Ozuna trade, involving also of course Sandy Alcantara. Zach Allen appeared on A.J. Pruszynski's podcast, and somehow they got on the the topic of why the Cardinals traded Gallen. This is what he had to say. <laughs> that So that trade, long story short, the Cardinals had, well, I guess, I don't know how sure I can make it, but the Cardinals do, I guess, winter camps in the offseason. And there was one in, like, October, one in November, and one in December. The October one was, like, the first week. We just got done with the AAA playoffs. I was exhausted, and like for a ten-day turnaround, I just was like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be able to make it. November, a buddy was getting married, so I couldn't make it then. And then December, they, you know, made this big deal about me coming down to the camp. I go down to the camp. At the end, the exit meeting, it was like I don't even know. All these guys were already in there doing their routine or whatever. I get the exit meeting, and they're like, Yeah, you really didn't have to be here. Thanks for coming down, though. So they made this whole big stink about me coming down. And on the way home, they traded me <laughs> in, the, in the Charlotte airport on the connector. I got the text. It's like, yeah, you're, you got traded to, to Miami. So I guess they weren't too happy about me not wanting to go to the winter workout camp. And they traded me. I can't imagine that this, that's that's the only reason. Because the Miami Marlins would have wanted to, they they would have wanted him to. Like, I understand Zach's point of view on yes, this. No, I do, but here's how that works. Is the Miami Marlins probably had a list of players, and at some point, you know, if you're the Cardinals, you have to say you're unwilling to trade Zach Gallen, but you can take player X instead, or this pitcher instead. Mm-hmm. They didn't. Or they said, or the Marlins said, well, we want, you know, a prospect this you're asking and then the cardinals say how about zach gallon so at some point the cardinals were willing to trade zach gallon they either suggested it or they were okay with it you're right about that i don't think it's i think it's a little it's a bit of a reach to suggest that they traded him because he didn't go to the the winter oh i've seen that oh i've seen that i've seen guys get traded because they had a bad warm-up before a game and then they come off the ice after the next day, and they're getting traded. Yeah, you, you're not into it. Didn't like your warm up yesterday. You don't seem like you want to be here, so we traded you. Oh, okay. Maybe I was a uh, the 102 degree temp I was running, and I was battling through that to play for you. But don't worry about it. You just traded me because of that. I've seen it happen for several things. Guys late for a bus one day, uh, gone the next. It happens. The pettiness is there, and I'm not suggesting. I'm not suggesting that I know anything about this, and I'm not suggesting that the Cardinals actually were petty in this moment. Mm-hmm. It could have just been an actual baseball trade, and this is what made it work. Yeah. I'm generalizing that overall. It does happen. It does happen. Sure. Of course, you got the Randy Rosarina. Yeah, that was, you know. Hmm. Facebook Live or whatever the hell that was. It was a dumb Mike... move by Randy Rosarina. Yeah. There's no doubt, but. I, I also I also want to give enough credit to the Rays which is a really smart organization for asking for Randy Rosarina in that Jose Martinez deal. I don't think it's just because Randy Rosarina was filming Mike Schilt go on that rant during the playoffs that one year. I think the Rays are just savvy, and they they duped the Cardinals in that deal. 
Unless Matthew Libertor turns into a Cy Young candidate. I don't know. It's been we may never find out. We may never find out. They may never bring him up. Oh. Just because... like they never brought up a Rosarena. Yeah, with... Hey, he got a couple of games. <laughs> he was in there for a spell. Come on. Let me have a break on that. But that's that's interesting nonetheless. That that kind of you know behind the scenes. That's but that's what deal. Zach Gallen believes. If he's saying that on a podcast that he knows is going to get out there, that's what he believes to be true, or he knows to be true. Sure. That you don't just bring that up if you don't have an inclination that that's. Yeah, maybe his agent shared something. Hey, they weren't too happy about it. I think this is what they did. Yeah. Either way, the trade has backfired. You could have had Sandy Alcantara and Zach Allen in your starting rotation. We don't need them, Anthony. No. Could you imagine? You could have had... I mean, look, this is total hindsight. It's total hindsight. Oh, here we go, Marshy. What's your... Maybe we'll... You know what? Let's... I got a question for you. We'll do our sports six-pack. I'll lead it off. Okay. Let's play a very fun but sick game. Let's do it. While also doing our sports six-pack. 314-399-9646 of the Air Comfort Service tax line. If you got a question for us, send it there. Again, we'll have our sports six-pack next. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I have a question. It's time for the Fast Lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me! The Sports Six Pack is refreshed by Maggie O'Brien's. Your go-to Irish pub in St. Louis for over 42 years. Time for the Sports Six back in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. As uh, Jamie Rivers, he had, he had to go let in a special guest that we have coming up at 5 o'clock. So he's, he's not here for this question. I'll just uh, full transparency on this. But Marsh, I, di- I told you I had the first question. Question number one. Total hindsight. Every organization can do this. I get it. But if you look back and you put together a what could have been for the Cardinals, you could have had a Rose Arena, a Dulles Garcia, and then pick your other outfielder, whether that that's Newt or Dylan Carlson. Your infield would still be Arnado, Edmund, Gorman, Donovan, some common combination of that. Mm-hmm. And then Goldie, of course, and then DH catcher Contreras. Like it you could have had that that as your outfield though, or Rosarina and Garcia. Your pitching staff would have been highlighted by Alcantara and Zach Gallen. I would even throw um Blake Wheeler. Blake Wheeler. He's a hockey player. Oh my goodness. Talking about Zach Wheeler. Zach Wheeler. That's if you made the deal though. But I That's if you trade Harrison Bader, you get Zach Wheeler back a few years ago. Imagine yeah, those three. Or guys. Tyler O'Neill. I think that was the other outfielder that, that could have been included in that. But at least you had you had Alcantara and Gallon in your For sure. in your organization. You had a Rosarina and Garcia in your organization. So that's that's really kind of what I'm referring to. Like if they if they were in your organization at the time and you and you just held them, you just had them, your outfield, Jamie, you, as Jamie joins again, your outfield could have been a Rosarina, Garcia, and then one of these other guys. Oh, Anthony. Stop Hindsight, it's 2020. I mean, it's 2020. On. We could also have Gallon. Al- like, That's what come I'm on. saying. Yeah, you look at this lineup, right? We could have uh, Patrick Wisdom. We- <laughs> well, you got Arnado. You didn't. Well, if, you had, if you had Patrick I Wisdom, you didn't even need him. You didn't even need Arenado. No. Yeah. 
mean, come all on, right. Anthony. Cardinals can hey. have an all-star team. Hey, Jamie, I said that you could do this with any organization, and I also said that it's not fair that we're doing it. Okay? True. True, Anthony. I would just back off, Jamie. Oh. <laughs> or I'll call your mother. That's grand. <laughs> that is grand right now. Go ahead, Marsh. Question number two. All right, from the 314, does this drama that we have been seeing so far this season with the Cardinals, does it change other players' perception and perhaps just the media in general? Does it change the perception of this franchise? I mean, like players looking in, like maybe being reluctant to sign here via free agency? Yeah, sure. I think what it'll do is it'll make players do their homework a little more. And they'll Hopefully be the, the the front office does their homework a little more well, too. But, <laughs> but that's it exactly. So if I'm a player right now and the Cardinals are reaching out to sign me, I'm asking flat out, what are your expectations and why are you signing me? Like, what's going on here? And I'm asking questions of what's my role? Where do I fit with your organization? I'm I'm not just being like, oh, this is great, nice contract from the Cardinals. Yeah. I'm gonna do my due diligence at the same time now and make sure that they're signing me for the right reasons. Because obviously with the Wilson Contreras thing, it, it didn't work out yet. Like, yeah, has, for, has. as far as the catcher, the, whatever it is, they thought they could overlook it. They thought they could work through it. Uh, but they obviously didn't do their homework enough. And Wilson Contreras, in his defense, what's he going to do? Oh, hey, you offered me $87.5 million? Like, why would I question you at this point? Mm-hmm. I'm going to say thank you. Yeah, well, plus they showed they showed him that okay, you're going to be the guy. We're interested in Sean Murphy. He had his agent had to have known that the Cardinals were interested in Sean Murphy and some of these other candidates. Well, I don't think it was much of a secret, right? Right. Like the whole league knew. So you sit down with Wilson Contreras. He's saying that he would love to have. He would love to replace Yadier Molina. You're saying to him, we'd love to have. You. I mean, it it the plan wasn't half halfway through the first month of the season or month and a half of the season to replace him as the catcher. So to your point, Jamie, he would. There's no reason for him to question why, why sign with the Cardinals. Now moving forward, will the free agent start to question that? Maybe. I guess we'll I find would. out. Or the agent, at least. You just say, "Take our money, <laughs> take our money, <laughs> sign here anyways." Take the money. That's for sure. Especially eighty half, eighty-seven and a half million dollars. Take our money. Visit our free zoo. You'll you can love play, it. I'll play DH for that. Eighty-seven and a half. I'll play on the bench. I don't care. Call me Taylor Motter for $87.5 million. <laughs> I think the question is, what wouldn't you do for $87.5 million? It's probably not much, Anthony. That's kind of what I'm probably thinking. Probably not much. Yeah. Yep. Hey, everybody's got a price. Mm-hmm. I think yours is much lower than $87.5. You think? <laughs> you put that bag of cash in front of me, I'll eat things and make a billy goat puke. <laughs> no Stalter's choice on, uh, no, on that no. one. Uh, I'm here put for the money, seconds. Put the money in the bag. Yeah. <laughs> money in the bag and take it to the bank (laughs) question number three uh from the 314 jamie we'll look pretty good last night in net for the maple leafs are you proud of all the local kids playing in the nhl absolutely are you kidding me i mean i remember when i came here as a player you know some of the hockey programs were just kind of starting in their infancy stages and then by the time my career was over full-blown hockey programs existed in St. Louis, like competitive nationally. I'm not just talking like locally or in the Midwest. 
Uh, but nationally, heck, we had a team. Uh, Al McKinnis coached a team that went up to Quebec and won the Quebec Pee Wee tournament, which is the biggest tournament, I believe, internationally for the Pee Wee level. I was on that team. Were you on that yeah, team? Yeah, I was on that team. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I had no idea. No so there kidding. you go. Marshy's part of history. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And, and so. Not yeah. just a pretty face, guys. No. Huh? You can play hockey. Not just a rapper. The peak of my sports career. Well, congratulations, Marshy. Oh, I should have you. known that, but I didn't. But no, I'm proud of all these guys. They work extremely hard. And St. Louis is on the map now where scouts from junior teams, college teams, pro teams are out looking for St. Louis kids because of what everybody has done here locally to build the hockey program. But those kids, especially the you know Joseph Wool, Matthew Kachuk, Clayton Keller, those guys, they were the first ones to kind of really push through and put St. Louis on the map. So... Congratulations to them. Well, I'll tell you where these scouts can start. SynergyHockeySkills.com. SynergyHockeySkills.com. Camp start in June. Class is still still, still some, open, but filling up. Yeah, quickly. That's where all those guys started. Mm-hmm. And the clear camp. <laughs> the clear camp. The clear no, camp will be. Anthony, you can't mention the clear yeah. camp. Why? Actually, you click on that on the website. It actually brings up, like, this page does not exist, like the 404. Yes. Well, we, I mean, who's your mm-hmm. web guy? we got to talk to him. No, no, we don't. Jamie, players need to learn how to clear it out of the zone. It's one of the most important aspects of the game. <laughs> Puck goes in the zone, you clear it out. Yeah. Guy's going to know how to do that. Aimlessly just shooting it out. That's a great concept. No, I'm going to teach him to do it properly. How's that work? Tell me. Figure it out. <laughs> give me your opening speech. Like, hey, kids, welcome to Clear Camp. I'm yeah. Coach Anthony Stalter. Mm-hmm. Take it away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's your resume, Coach? I just started an hour ago. Hey, Coach, what's this camp going to teach me? Yeah, no problem. <laughs> Here's the thing, guys. You're going to learn to to you're going to learn the skills. That when the puck goes into the zone, <laughs> you're just going to clear it out as fast as humanly possible so that you don't give up a goal. Because if you don't allow goals, you win. Coach, does that mean we have to win every single face-off, too? That's correct. Okay. Hey, they can't that's score. Face, that's face-off camp. It's a different <laughs> camp. Different ones. This is next the clear camp. It's next week. <laughs> They can't score if the puck's not in your own zone. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, there's We're a few goalies that might give that up, Mike Smith, but, you know, it That's not our problem at, at the clear camp. I mean, Anthony's team's going to lead the league in icings. That's correct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's correct. Watch well, how no, tired hey. those defensemen are going back. <laughs> you bring a guy in, a celebrity guest like Aaron Eckblad, just float it right into the neutral zone. Yeah. That was a serious flipper. That was yeah, a good fine. flipper. That's yeah. not Anthony's clear it. No, no Anthony's that's... a rocket off the glass and yeah. out. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? Let the Fords go get it. All right, it's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. I don't even know what that means. We've got a special guest coming up. Who wants to know about Jamie as a, as a child? Because <laughs> I do. Oh, no. Especially with a special day coming up on Sunday. That's next in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
502, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsh. I'm Anthony Stalter. And Jamie, I'm going to allow you to introduce our next guest, a very special guest, especially with Sunday being Mother's Day. Yeah, so uh, please welcome to the airwaves a very special person to me and someone who should probably... Uh, be a saint at this uh, juncture in life, having dealt with my brother and me uh, growing up. But uh, my mom, Gail Rivers, Mumsy, in the house. Mom, how are you? I'm fine. Great. Well, Great go- to be here. Thanks for joining us. I'm going to just call you Mama Rivers, if that's okay. <laughs> sure. So, so we we got to start with this. You, you, had the two, you had two boys, Sean and Jamie. And Sean, of course, being older in Canada, both played hockey. Could you estimate how much time you spent at a hockey rink? I'm sure a pond at some point <laughs> around your house. Just the the time spent with Jamie and, and Sean growing up playing hockey. Probably three quarters of my life. <laughs> <laughs> so now my mom is the one who taught us how to skate. Now, obviously, I was too young to remember. I think I was three years old, but Mom, why don't you tell Anthony how like it all started? Well, I, I would go to the arenas with you and uh, set you off to start start skating, and you were so determined, you would fall down and you'd get mad at me <laughs> when I tried to put you back up on your feet. And this went on for a long time, but eventually you picked it up. No problem. At three years old. Yeah, so Mumsy is... The reason that we got started because my dad was off working uh, and you know Sean was older and she was trying to help us learn how to skate and so that's how it all got started yeah and when uh, you'd play hockey in the laneway uh, obviously with a tennis ball I had to be the goalie oh nice <laughs> <laughs> but you love hockey you're you're a tor- you're a diehard Toronto, Toronto Maple yeah, yeah to Maple years Leafs. ago yeah. In the family, my husband cheered for the Montreal Canadiens, and I cheered for Toronto Maple Leafs, and my mother was on my side. So it was quite the night when those teams played each other. Uh, For years and years, (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't give up hope for for the Toronto Maple Leafs, and now this year, I'm so pleased where they are. So Jamie was telling us yesterday that you guys growing up used to have the two TVs, basically one TV on, you know, the, it was really the Canadians, I think, at, yeah. or the Maple Leafs were the, the smaller Leafs, teams. Yeah. A little yeah. black and white one for the Maple Leafs. I know. Yeah. So, so my, my question to you, I, th- I was a little surprised. Jamie said that you, that they rooted for both Montreal and Toronto, the, the boys. Yes. But I didn't, I, I thought maybe one of them would go, would side with Toronto and one with Montreal, but that that wasn't the case. Well, uh, they were more Montreal with their dad. Oh, yeah, they were more Montreal. I had my mom on my side. Well, there you go. That's all you needed then. Well, at that time, Montreal was really good and Toronto wasn't. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, and uh, your grandfather, uh, Fred, he he cheered for Montreal. I mean, they were all Canadian fans. Sure. So who, who who gave you more trouble... In in childhood, Sean or Jamie? <laughs> when the phone rang and it was a teacher, <laughs> which boy was it likely? It was probably 
Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was it just the fact that he was he was the the younger child, so yeah. maybe he thought he did his brother to cover him up. Well, his brother did cover up for him a lot of times. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. But Jamie just was off the wall and wanted to do what he wanted to do. Sure. Yeah. He has, I don't know if you've seen. He hasn't changed. <laughs> no, all. when I listen to this program, I know he hasn't changed. He yeah. hasn't grown up yet. No, you know, maybe you and I should take some notes or something to get together because uh, Jamie trying to keep him on the rails is is awfully tough. It's it's very uh, very difficult. But he's mellowing now as he's gotten older. <laughs> <laughs> this is mellow, Anthony. I haven't seen it. So. See, this yeah. is mellow. Yeah. Should have seen me twenty years ago. <laughs> but I don't see you every day. No, this is true. Yeah. This is true. Mom, I'm a saint. I'm a saint, really. No, no, mm. I'm the saint. Yes, you yeah, are. no kidding. Absolutely. We're, so, ta- we're talking to Jamie's mom, Mama Rivers, right now. Happy Mother's Day, by the thank way. You. Coming thank up you. on on Sunday, she's visiting Jamie for uh, what a week or so. Coming no, three weeks. Three, three weeks. weeks. Outstanding. Yeah. Excellent. So you guys watched the game last night. Watched your Maple Leafs last night. So that was yeah. that was good. A good first night. Sure. The Jamie and Sean growing up. What other what other sports were they into? Did you get into other sports besides hockey? Oh, they played baseball a bit, but it was too boring for them. Yeah. Doesn't move along fast enough. And uh, that's another thing. I would go to the ballpark with Jamie when he was little, and uh, he would be the batter. But I'd be the pitcher and the three basemen at the same time. <laughs> so all he did was... He'd he would just hit the ball practice, and run baby. around. Unbelievable. And I had to catch the ball and put him out. <laughs> you wouldn't go field the ball for your poor mother? No, I was... You guess hitting the long ball. I'm scoring home <laughs> runs, baby. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> we also had the, uh, the little wee outdoor rink in our backyard and oh. when you think of an outdoor rink you think oh it's a big no this was like a postage stamp in the backyard <laughs> but M- Mumsy would have to uh deal with my brother and i fighting sometimes out there <laughs> uh yeah not only that putting holes in the garage you were saying shooting that the pucks <laughs> yeah. yeah i didn't know it until one day i went out there and looked and there's all these holes in the back of the garage <laughs> No, no attempt to fix it either. It was just that was that was just going to stay that way. They play out there till ten, eleven o'clock at night. Well, obviously, yeah. it paid off with both yeah. both guys reaching yeah. reaching the NHL level. Because Sean Sean spent some time with yeah. what Florida or Tampa? Tampa, Tampa. Tampa. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What was your what was your your thoughts when Jamie got drafted by the Blues and he was going to go to St. Louis and then? You know, eventually makes his way out to Croatia, and I mean, oh. it parts beyond. As a, as a mom, what was it like following Jamie's hockey career? It was difficult. It was difficult because I never knew where he was going to be, and Thanks, uh, mom. and and it, was, and it was hard. It was hard on him. Sure. Yeah, and especially in Croatia when he got so sick, and nobody, none of us were there. Mm-hmm. That 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 was uh, not a good scene. No, no. that was tough. That was it tough. was really tough on you. Yeah. So, Mom, a lot of people ask me uh, this question, and um, Ashley, who's my girlfriend, her son plays 10U hockey. She sees it happen. What? How did you handle when fans or other parents would yell at me because <laughs> they didn't <laughs> like me? <laughs> how did you keep your cool? I just did. I just kept my cool, and I, I would have thoughts in my head of what I wanted to say, <laughs> but I was quiet. I was quiet. How hard was that to deal with, though? 
It was hard. It was hard. I really wanted to give them hell over it. But then I thought, well, their kid is playing out there too. So they have their problems. Yeah. And uh, and my yeah. kid's better. So Well, my kid's better, but I don't want to publicize it. <laughs> did any point did you, did you think about turning around and said, you know, he's really a good boy. Yeah. He's a good boy at home. You just got to see him at home. No. <laughs> <laughs> he was a good boy when he was out. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Jamie. Uh, yeah. We, um, we get to live some pretty good moments, too. You know, obviously, my junior career was a lot of fun. And uh, my mom, I talk to you guys all the time about how awesome it was to play in the World Junior Championships and to win it. Well, my mom, my dad had a chance to be there in Red Deer, in Calgary and all that for that. And I know that you really enjoyed that, too. Oh, that was awesome. That was a, a great tournament. And the fans and the volunteers were just awesome. We were taken care of so well. And the games were all exciting. And we got to see, well, be, that, that was when the strike was on. Yeah, the lockout. The, the lockout. We call it a lockout, Mom. Okay, the lockout. Yeah, that's right. It's a lockout. She's got it. It's the owner's fault, not ours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure they get that, yeah. that difference in that. But we would watch each game and then go back to our room and put it on TV and watch it all over again. That's great. Yeah. It was a great uh, it was a great place Red Deer. What do you think what do you think about Jamie transitioning to radio? And uh, Jamie shares that sometimes you'll you'll listen to the show. I apologize first and foremost. <laughs> Uh, for Jamie's actions on this show. But what do you think about Jamie becoming uh, a, a, a radio talent in St. Louis? I was happy for him because I know he can do it all. He, I listen almost every day to oh, the geez, program. Jamie, why didn't you tell So me I that? hear what goes on here. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, she gave you a look, Anthony. It's Marsha's fault, typically. <laughs> I'm doctoring uh, audio, I don't know apparently. the three of you. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he's great for the job. I think he's a natural. I do too. And he should have been in movies. Yeah. <laughs> I tried. I I know. <laughs> Not those Wrong movies? movies? Yeah, Jamie. No. My bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I agree. He Ever since the first day, the first day he just, he had he's magnetic a, personality. He's just a natural. I yep. mean, and that's the way he rolls at home too. He's just, uh, yeah. yeah. Ding dong. A lot, no, a lot of... No, a lot of fun. Yeah. I try to. You know, look, life has got a lot of obstacles in the way. And usually being able to come on here is a nice escape. You know, whether it's something that's stressful or whatever, you get on here, you get to have a really good time. And overall, I just try to have a good time with life. There are moments where I I struggle. There's no doubt about it. Um, But for the most part, I always... You just like my career, when things weren't always going great, you, you just kind of battle through it and you try to make the best of it. Certainly. Yeah. Well, Mama Rivers, you raised two fine boys, that's for sure. Oh, well, thank you so much. And happy it, Mother's Day to you. Thank you, and it's been fun being here. Well, good. Thanks this is your first first time at the at the radio station. That's so. my first time. There yep. you go. It's your first time on radio, isn't it, Mom? Yeah. You've done a little TV I don't in the have past. Your... I remember one interview you did when I got tra- when I signed with the Ottawa Senators. They came over to the house and oh, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I don't have your talents for radio. <laughs> I don't know. Well, 
<laughs> we're thinking about a third chair here, so yeah. maybe, maybe you're we'll gonna get give you... me a job so I won't go back to Canada. Yeah, yeah that's right. Busy for three weeks. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. All right, we have your uh, we have your chance right now to score a pair of tickets to go see Aerosmith. Do you like Aerosmith, Mama Rivers? Oh yes, yeah. Absolutely. Jamming out to Aerosmith. I could see it right now, I'm sure. All right, so special guests at the Black Crows on October 26th at Enterprise Center. Tickets for Aerosmith's farewell tour are on sale now, or you could text us at 314-399-9646 to win free tickets. I'm going to make this a layup. If you've been listening the last two shows, this should be an easy, easy question. Which hockey team does Mama Rivers root for? Die hard hockey team. What what team does Mama Rivers root for? If you text in right now to the Air Comfort Service tax line 314-399-9646 and you're the 101st texter, you're going to go see Aerosmith. Mom, I love you. I love you too. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you very much. I'm really going to enjoy it. Thank you. There you go. Enjoy your time here too. Absolutely. All right, that's Mama Rivers. That's Jamie Rivers, Andrew Marsh, Anthony Salters, the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We'll come back. We'll wrap up the show ahead of Hurricanes and Devils Game 5 pregame next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. If you missed anything from today's show, you can download the podcast at 101ESPN.com or on your 101 ESPN mobile app. It's all brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Talked about the Cardinals' latest loss and how they had their they they, they avoided the sweep, guys. Oh, they avoided the sweep. Why you those be Cardinals? So negative. Talk about the you know why they're in last place. Yeah, that's a good point. At least you have a reason third this worst, time. <laughs> third worst record in the majors right now. It's not the worst though. Can all of this be basically blamed on the pitching staff or the lack of pitching? We got into that conversation. Jamie likes what uh, Alex Petrangelo did, stirring things up <laughs> against the Oilers. I said I didn't mind it. You loved it. You also called the suspension. There not being a suspension. Yeah. Maybe. We don't know. We don't know, actually. We don't know what Twitter yet. is verifying. I'm just putting it out there in the universe. We talked to Chris Kerber, and we had our special guest, Mama Rivers to kind of highlight the uh, the end of the show here. So all of that will be available at 101ESPN.com or, again, on the 101 ESPN mobile app. Marsh, what do we got for criticisms and compliments? Yeah, before we get into those, from the 636 spinoff of the Clear It Camp for defensemen is the cherry-picking camp for forwards, where you teach the forwards to sit at the opponent's blue line. They go together. Clear it hard to the guy yeah. at the far blue line. Yeah, that sounds productive. Sounds like a moneymaker to me. <laughs> All you have to do is avoid offsides, right? That's it. That's it, Anthony. Absolutely. I mean, Seems genius. You yes. know what? This wouldn't have worked back in the day. They used to have a two-line pass. Right. Yeah. Can't but now. Yeah, See, now, nobody's, now. Absolutely. Nobody's thinking outside the box. I mean, That's why you got to get your kids signed up to the clear camp. At, no? No, don't go okay. there. All right. No. Mm. It'll be an offshoot. Yeah. Yeah. It would be Jamie's company. Stalter's Hockey Skills. The off brand. <laughs> How great would it be? I started a website. Brand. Started a website. Even, everybody's like, you even know, the what? shirts are off brand. Yeah. They're like, it's like Great Britain. Yeah. Just clear it camp. Clear it camp. I made it in paint. <laughs> that paint dot net or whatever Bubble the hell it is. Paint. Exactly. Exactly. Clear it camp. Let's <laughs> get a bunch of parents are like, you know, it sounded. You're right. You keep the goal. You keep the pucks out of the net. 
You're going to win I, most games. If I get one email or one phone call regarding the clear camp, Anthony, I'll actually put one on. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. To the criticisms and compliments from the 314. Wow. Jamie, your mom is awesome. What a hoot. Oh, she is. She is. She, she knocked it out of the park. She has lots of incriminating evidence on my brother and I, so we appreciate her coming on here and not just sewering us. I think one of my favorite things was, Jamie, you go, uh, don't curse. And Mama Rivers goes, why? Why can't I curse? <laughs> she like, hey, I can't say this? I can't. Yeah, you go, I can't, I can't say the F word? <laughs> no. No. No, we like our jobs. Yep. Uh, we did get a question from the text line for Mama Rivers from the 314. What about Jamie's Speedo? I wonder what oh, the thoughts yeah. are on that. Uh, wow. I think she approves, quite yeah, honestly. I don't think there's any issue. <laughs> I think she approves. I know my girlfriend approved very much. I mean, you know, yeah, she liked it so much she asked for it again. The Speedo. It's hot in Mexico. It is. I, you know what I wanted to do? I was in the lap pool, and I wanted very little water resistance. Mm. So okay. I put on the Speedo so I could maximize my Aero, swimming. Aerodynamics, yeah. Yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. It just makes sense. <laughs> it just makes sense. All right, that'll do it for us. It's like a sailfish out there. Jeez, something. <laughs> black tip fish. Yeah. Yo. It's a shark. It's a black tip shark. Marcia. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, Just that's exactly tip, what though. it is. That's right. Hurricanes, Devils, Game 5 pregame starting in five minutes. See ya! You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.